Hey, yo, what's up, party people? Tonight's guest is Michael Fiala. Michael Fiala recently showed up to Skydive Spaceland Houston. I was uh, driving into work one day, and I saw this uh, motorcycle pull out of the RV park. And that wasn't anything weird. Didn't recognize the fellow or the bike, but whatever. And then the bike turned the corner on the side. The bike says, hashtag the bike dog. Like, man, the the bike dog, What what is this? Walking to the DZ a little bit later, I meet this fella named Michael, Michael Fiala. Super nice guy. He's got this really cool husky socks who rides on the back of his bike with him. Uh, tonight, we're going to share a lot about Michael. He's traveling the U.S. His story is pretty cool. The story of his dog's socks is pretty awesome. Michael's goal is to visit every state and national park together with his dog, and they're on this journey and uh, going from DZ to DZ, setting up kind of a base of operations as they visit parks all around. Really cool dude. We'll visit with him. We'll talk about his trips. We'll talk about all the DZs he gets to visit and, uh, of course, this really cool bike dog. But, uh, man, I want to talk a little bit about an experience I just had, the Sabre 3. We've heard about it. We've talked about it. I was actually lucky enough to help uh, lead a demo weekend for performance designs with the Sabre 3, but I wasn't back to jumping yet. I've been a little hesitant with COVID. I'm a little cautious. I don't mind anybody uh, being out there. We should be trying and exploring the world. Uh, And some people should be stepping back and just moderation. Everybody does their own part. But uh, just kind of getting nervous about getting on that plane. But I did get to talk to people about the Sabre 3. I did get to uh, talk to a lot of my friends who have jumped it and shared those experiences. But I finally got to jump one myself, and I'm pretty excited to share that. The Sabre 3, I I love because it's a canopy that will take you from beginning to end. And I say end, if your goal is to compete at a super high-level canopy piloting, uh, it'll get you there. It's a great journey. But this is a canopy that that will work great for novice and intermediate skydivers, and at these heavy your wing loadings, experts, high-level guys and gals, they'll do really well with it. I jumped a Sabre 3 out of 120 at a 1.7 wing loading, <clears throat> so a little disclosure about my experience, but the openings, absolutely love the openings. The Sabre 2, the openings overall were pretty good, uh, inconsistent here and there for sure, <clears throat> and they developed... <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry about that. They developed a little bit of a reputation for uh, not having the best openings, and, p- and people quickly got biased. Uh, PD's really answered the call when it comes to the Sabre 3. Really consistent openings, really clean openings. They were really identifiable every time that they were doing the same thing over and over again. A little bit of a snivel, but not too long. Something that was still soft, but didn't waste a lot of altitude. At the same time, it started flying on heading in the direction that I wanted to go. I love the input and flight. It's got a lot more rigid tail. You'll see these little riblets, these little short things in the back, and those little riblets kind of, not kind of, they help stabilize or or rigidizes his eyes. They make the uh, tail more rigid. And that means when you're getting in high-speed turns, it's going to be more powerful. It's going to have more response to those turns. And I gave less toggle input to get more turn out of it. And it was really a lot of fun to fly up high. It takes a nice dive. It actually turns. And, and if you're learning to jump, you're a newer jumper, you're flying it straight in and docile. It's got really great, fun landings that way. Uh, very manageable. Uh, we'll talk more about the newer jumper shutdown power because it applies to everybody. But when I turned the canopy, it did want to stay in a dive. It didn't want to get a little bit of that power built up. And it was a lot of fun to swoop. It was really responsive on the rears. The front riser pressure was a lot more accommodating. Uh, People I've talked to with lighter wing loading say they can pull on their front risers a little bit easier at times. With a Sabre 3, they're finding them uh, that they're learning a lot more about their fronts because of it. 
as it comes out of the dive, and this is where that those riblets come into handy again, as you're shutting down the canopy, you're a high performance guy, you're, you're a low timer, you've got a 1.0 wing loading or a 1.9 wing loading, this canopy wants to shut down, but it wants to take its time. When I think the parachute's done flying, when I thought it was going to be shut down, the first jump, it caught me off guard. It just kept carrying lift. It just kept going, and it had a little bit more to it. It flies for a while. This means less running because the wing is flying. I watched our good buddy, Justin Grubbs. He'll be producing tonight's show. It's good to catch up with him. Justin was on a 190 Sabre, excuse me, Storm, and he was doing fine with it. But with his knee surgery, he was sliding out some landings just out of, of cautiousness. He, he was being a little conservative, and uh, I don't blame the fella. He demoed the Sabre 3190 and immediately felt a lot more comfortable with the shutdown power that allowed him to start standing up his landings more. And even felt comfortable enough that he got to downsize back to a 170 and uh, man, I've seen him nail all his landings that shut down at those bigger canopies and lighter wing loadings are real. At the heavier wing loadings, the thing flies forever and it wants to shut down. So whether you're, if you're a brand new skydiver wanting to find a wing that will take you for a long progression, or whether you're a really experienced jumper who wants something sporty, the Sabre 3 is super awesome. I really enjoyed my experience. Go to performancedesigns.com, click on the demos form, tell them Gravity Lab Radio sent you. Kyle is one of our homies on the show. Uh, he is a fan. He listens, and uh, we love uh, hearing back from him. Guys and gals, check out the Sabre 3 for yourself. I think you like it. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen. Is it happening? <laughs> it's happening. Great. Oh my God, is this real life? Uh, this is real life. Okay, what's fantasy. that from? What's that line from? Were Bohemian we just, Rhapsody? No, is this real life? Oh, I guess that does <laughs> come from there. But I'm but not I, quoting that. I think I'm I know quoting, where yes. you're quoting it from. Yeah. Mr. Michael Fiala, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, and yourself? Yeah, I, I'm doing good. Is this real life? What is it from? Oh God! A little boy said uh, yeah, it. I, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking it's the, like that in anesthesia back. dentist. Yeah, David, yeah. David video. after dentist. Oh, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's anytime I anything is this real life. I think I'm a little drugged up five year old in the back of my mom's car. Like, is this real? What's going on, man? Dude, that scream that he lets out in that video <laughs> is epic, dude. <laughs> Amazing. I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, yeah, that was like when I remember when when Tosh Pointo was just becoming a a show. Like it was popular back then. Oh, do they I still hate, do Tosh Pointo? Yeah, he, this is, is his last season on Comedy Central. He's just finishing it up. And then what? He's gonna do a, a podcast? I forget. No, he's going to another loser. network or some <laughs> shit. But <laughs> apparently, it's the longest running live action show on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah. Last time I watched it, it feels like it's been a year or two. But he seemed real uh, burnt out, very much out of energy. Not the uh, bubbly Daniel Tosh I remember. <laughs> I just hate those sweaters. <laughs> yeah, I just dude. He's had some good outfits. I just can't yeah. do it with those sweaters. Has he had any outfits that you enjoyed? I've seen three sweaters and I've I turned it off. Oh, all right. What is why? What's what about the sweaters? I, I, they're the worst. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's he's generally got a uh, a wardrobe thing going. On. I remember the summer of deep V necks. I was good. I, was I remember that. Super yeah. into V necks at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's usually got some weird outfit going on. I actually went and saw him live downtown. That was that was a funny show. Yeah, how it's does hilarious. this stand up compare to his show? 
Uh, it's it's pretty good. If you like um, everyone being made fun of and you're not offended about anything, oh, not, it's, it's a show to go to. It's definitely not me. It's definitely entirely offensive to everyone, equal offender to everything. Mm. And I think it's something that we've lost, honestly. Like, it's just comedy. Like, just laugh at it. It's not being serious about anybody. It's just funny shit. Well, I'm definitely triggered. Even you talking about it. Yeah, I can tell. I'm tired of your microaggressions, <laughs> Justin. That's I think that's microaggressions. One of, that's one that's of what uh, his girlfriend says. Dave Chappelle's things too. <laughs> about Dave Chappelle. That's one of Dave Chappelle's things too. Is that everybody's so triggered that you can't yeah. be on stage and be a comedian anymore? Mm-hmm. I went and saw him live a few years ago, Dave Chappelle, and they made everybody lock their cell phones in this little pouch, that's, and they that's unlock it now. afterwards. Yeah, that's uh, standard. It's crazy that they have to go to those links. I mean, you saw what happened with Louis C.K. when he when he was about to come back, did you? Mm-mm. So Louis C.K., do you know his story? He got he kind of got swept up in the Me Too movement. He, oh, really? Uh, yeah, he apparently liked to uh, please himself in front of the ladies that may or may <laughs> not have been uh, super willing participants in that experience. Oh. Well, I didn't know it's that. It's the nice way to put it. But he was like banished from the world of comedy. All of his specials were taken down everywhere, and he he spent the I think it was basically a year well, that's what just as a, as a recluse, just like staying out of the public eye totally. And he had just started coming back to do some comedy shows, and someone in the audience had recorded his entire set and posted it online. And it's a set that he's just like he's just starting this set, you know, like he hasn't refined all the jokes. And he makes a joke about, uh, I think it's the sand. What's the Sandy Hook? Is that a school shooting? Oh yeah. He makes. I mean, is is it? That was the name <laughs> of one, right? You know, yes. there's there's a place. It's Sandy Point. That's not far from here. Do you see those signs on the road? So that's why in my head I conflate those two things: Sandy Hook and Sandy Point, and I never remember which is the right word. But yeah, he said some uh, inappropriate stuff as comedians do about a thing that uh, oh, a lot of people I- were sensitive about. And that kind of blew up in his face. Uh, but, you know, people, uh, I've heard Joe Rogan talk about this and other comedians argue that if he had more time to work out this material, he probably would have gotten to a spot where he might have gotten away with it without so much blowback. It's a little less harsh. Yeah. But he hadn't <laughs> found that spot because he just came <laughs> off of this hiatus and just started working out this new new material. But yeah, totally messed up his career that his whole set that, you know, normally he would tour with all this material for a long period of time, film a special, and that's how the world would get to know the, the comedy. And instead, some some idiot at some random table in a comedy club filmed it all and, you know, ruined his... Blasted it. Re- re- ruined his life for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, favorite stand-up comedian, Michael, who do you got? Oh, it's all over the place. Um Nate Bargatze right now is is just killing me. You mentioned his name, and I haven't looked him up. The Tennessee Kid? The this Tennessee Kid, yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen parts of um, Well, that's not a good review, right? The good comedian, you don't turn off their uh, their special. No, I've only caught in passing. It's not that I've turned it on. It's just been in passing. I'm like, yeah, I can watch this. I remembered his name. I remember the show. I'm going to have to so look up his It made me want to watch it. Yeah, he's just got a, a particularly great story about oh. a dead horse. Yo, I watched the dead horse, but you showed me the dead yeah, horse bit, sh- and it I was really you, good. I showed you like that's, a three-minute skit on a dead that's horse. That's why I remember his face. Yep. All right. I approve. I like him. <laughs> well, I've only like seen that one, one the, bit, but it was good. I, I looked him up, and one of the suggested searches is mugshot. Now i got to see this. I don't see a mugshot. Oh, bummer. Disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> that's BS. You, Other, you, you said suspense. he was one of them? Yeah. You know, I've been a big fan of... Um, 
Dimitri Martin for a long time. Oh, I like Dimitri, Dimitri Martin. Yeah, he's just got a different style of uh, <clears throat> of comedy. His uh, he's got like just very quick plays on things. Dude, I love his his wordplay stuff. It's yeah, it's <laughs> just like you know, it's funny how finger puppet sounds different as a as a noun. It reminds me a little bit yeah. about George Carlin, the way he used to manipulate the English language. Yeah. Dude, George Carlin was like the first person that got me into stand-up comedy. Someone had an old old George Carlin stand-up CD that ended up in my car, and man, I loved it. And then uh, I think Dane Cook was the next person who... He, Dane Cook got super big on MySpace when MySpace was a thing. <laughs> and then that got me into... Dave Chappelle was probably the next uh, next really big one. But uh, Demetri Martin has a, had his own show, right? Wasn't he like big in the same time as Tosh.0? Oh? Yeah, he had... I think it was a uh, Comedy Central special but it was not very good no <laughs> i remember that yeah. yeah i thought it was like a reoccurring show he on had, comedy yeah. central wasn't he had it a little show oh yeah it was uh important things <laughs> yes that's exactly it. yeah didn't last very long man i i thought i've always thought he's smart like i mean i guess i appreciate his wit and also appreciate his comedy but uh well he is smart Right, he was. He He's got to be. He went to law school. Oh, for, really? I didn't know for that. two and a half years and dropped out to be a comedian. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome because it's like, man, this person you can see that they're obviously capable of doing something else, but man, they uh, they stuck with, with the thing that they love the most. I'm looking at his picture right now. I have no earthly clue who this guy is. Man, he does. Yeah, important things lasted ten episodes. That's it. Well, like I would have thought it was not long. very important. Is it? It, it yeah. wasn't good. <laughs> Are you? Do you know Bo Burnham? I do know Bo Burnham. Man, I, I'm a. I think his comedy is also great and extremely he, dark and depressing. He and does a lot of like piano and stuff too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's not really a singer in the way that he's got a talented voice. He's an amazing piano player and a really funny comedian. But he often does sing uh, some some of the comedy he does. And uh, man, it's a lot of fun. You have you heard this guy? No, man, I'm lost in names. By the way, Justin, do you know Michael? Michael, do you know Justin? Have y'all ever been introduced? I have not. I sit here and realize as uh, I meant to do this a little bit earlier. Hey, Michael, when that glass is empty, wave it over towards Justin, and he's got a plan. I don't know what it is, (laughs) but it's to keep that glass full as part of it, man. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, The plan involves scotch for anyone who's not watching. Justin uh, helps part-time STP here and there, helps with the mentor program as well. Fun jumper, uh, engineer full time in his real life. Michael is the bike dog driver, the dog bike driver. Dog bike, yeah, no. bike, dog. Bike, dog. bike dog. Is that like cat dog? <laughs> a chauffeur, <laughs> chauffeur. I'm a chauffeur to a dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so man, it's actually the real reason. But we're going to get back. Fortunately, DJ saved his birthday whiskeys that I bought him. So you're getting some good stuff right now. Oh, dude, the Justin, first one was one that I brought here. Who bought those for me? I did. Why? Who do I share them with? You, man. <laughs> yeah. You brought. You bought those to share. So I. Anytime Justin's around, I'll bring the up second one. Two thousand two, Deanston Organic, Oloroso Cask Finish. I try to save bottles that friends gave me that are nice bottles, to finish with them. So I might drink it with other people, but the last little bit of a bottle somebody gave me, I hope, I get to to share with them. <laughs> Look, Justin sharing his bottle up on the camera. Um, I got a bottle over here too. What's it? What is it? Spring water. It's fucking intense, man. <laughs> Those bubbles am, in your nose, me. Fully white girl wasted. Carbonated no, it's, AF. It's not bubbly. It's just oh. regular old classic spring water. What year is it from? Um, 
2000. Yeah, Pasadena uh, water supply. <laughs> at the bottom of some French uh, mountains that would sound really impressive. That their name I don't know. The cap says 18. What is that? 1871. Since 1871, we've bottled it right here. That's a good vintage. In a remote valley <laughs> in Washita Mountains, USA. Hmm. In the what mountains? Washita. It, if you look at the, luckily they have it spelled phonetically uh, next to Oklahoma, the apparently. word. Sorry, I have to do that. My water oh, that's super Oklahoma. helpful. Yeah, no, I have old man eyes. Oh. I can't read things here. Oh, no, O-U-A-C-H-I-A. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not really drunk range on this in western Arkansas and southeastern Oklahoma. So are, are you a scotch nerd like these guys? Uh, I just really enjoy good good whiskey. Is it Wait, is this whiskey or scotch that you guys are drinking? That's it, same thing. <laughs> it's whiskey from <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> this is what I know about alcohol. <laughs> yeah. If it's, uh, yeah. Because I hear both words and I don't know the difference. Whiskey from Scotland is right. scotch. Okay. So All scotch right. is inherently whiskey, but whiskey is not necessarily scotch. Every... Square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square. That's right. Exactly. Square. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was driving to the DZ one day, man, and there was this motorcycle that pulled out in front of me on the from the RV park. Not too odd, but a bike I don't know. I don't think much of it. You see people coming and going from there. Don't know if it's a guest, a visitor, a new staff member. But this bike turns right, you know, in front of the feed store. And on the side of it, it said, hashtag the bike dog. And I'm like, what? Fuck is I, I I saw it right away in my mind. I'm like, the bike dog. Like, did you imagine Michael dressing up in a dog costume and riding his motorcycle? <laughs> no. What was I'm your first it. thought? What was your first thought? What did you think? Uh, it did, some like biker dog, the bounty hunter cartoon looking <laughs> character. Dog <laughs> the but, bounty. But this is this is I still. I'm ready for some <laughs> goober ass redneck to get off. <laughs> of this bike. Okay. Like no, for real. It's what went through my mind. And, you're, and, and I, I did. Just gonna bust one of the dudes <laughs> in a crack house across the street. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So, but in your mind, it was just it had to do only with the person on the bike who is uh, Michael sitting in front of us right now. Yeah, and I, okay. I I never really got to see the dude or meet the dude, but later on, I saw this dude with this really nice beard cruising around the DZ. Oh, I miss it. Oh, dude, I uh, COVID is what has kept my beard short. The mask is just a pain in the booty, man. Uh, it, so I'm like, ah, whatever. Later on, I hear from Nick. It's a new guy. Go meet, talk to him, and I think. Maybe the second day, I very quickly found out about socks. Yeah. So, what is the bike dog? You know, that's interesting. It uh, it actually became a thing only about three years ago. But for almost ten years now, I've been riding around on a motorcycle with my dog, and it was purely out of necessity. Uh, I just didn't own a car, so so I had to teach him how to ride a motorcycle, and that took like three and a half months. And then, you know, out in Hawaii, everybody's seen this dog riding around. So very quickly, it just wasn't a big deal. You know, it's a, it's such a small town out there. <clears throat> so everybody knew him. And like, you know, I could drive down Main Street and hear people like in bars yelling Sox's name on occasion. And I'd look up and like, I don't even know that person. Uh, but it, when it was when we actually came to the mainland uh, to kind of cruise around and, and see more of the country that's when all of a sudden it hit me like oh this is gonna this is gonna be a a thing mm-hmm. like people have not seen this and they react very differently than the people back home in hawaii did i'm a 46 year old grown-ass man and i've never seen a fucking dog ride a bike outside of a circus <laughs> this is badass what circus have you been to i've <laughs> 
Uh, dude, I'm Asian. We go to weird things, man. <laughs> Hold on. I want to step back. <laughs> I, I want to hear more about the process of you actually yeah. training him to get on this bike. So, yeah, so I was actually just talking to Rabbit about it, mm-hmm. uh, the pilot, because I'm trying to convince him to teach his dog. Uh, but yes. really, it's it's not too difficult. It's really just getting them used to the motorcycle. And so I would actually sit socks up on the seat and then brush him. You know, just have him sit up there and just get used to so now doing you're just, things. Yeah, you're that, getting them used to that's a place you could be. Yeah, this is like a familiar spot and you like being brushed. And then just add on like a little piece at a time. It's like an STP program. We don't throw them to the wolves when it comes to skydiving. Same thing with teaching socks. It's like just a little bit at a time. So I'd turn on the engine and continue brushing him. And so now he's used to the rumble of an engine. And then, you know, like maybe two weeks later, he's totally cool with that. Now I'll turn off the engine, but I'll put it in neutral and I'll just stand next to it and just roll it forward. So now he's actually getting some movement on the bike. And just like slow little steps over the course of like three months pretty much got us to a point where like I could sit down on the bike and grab his arms and put him up on my shoulders and then I'd give him a treat for tucking his head over my shoulder Uh you know and so now he's like tucked in which is how he rides now when we're out on the highway he like tucks in right on my shoulder and uh yeah so it, it just like slowly built and built and built and uh about four months in we were cruising through like our little subdivision area out in Hawaii and then just a, I would say maybe like a month later, we were finally like, all right, let's ride into towns. He's cool with like 15 minute rides. We're going faster. And like, man, it, it wasn't another month or two before it was like, all right, let's rally. Mm-hmm. And so we were going, you know, hour and a half to the other side of the island and, and hiking up volcanoes and things like that. And then jump back on the bike and rally through thunderstorms and stuff. Did were you catching a lot of attention right away with him on the back of the of the bike? Initially, yeah, right. Because every, everybody we, in maybe this we didn't describe this uh, that he's not in a sidecar. He's riding like a like a human passenger would ride behind you. He's riding, bitch. No pun intended. He's a male dog, <laughs> right? But legitimately riding, bitch. Less so, now than he was. So <laughs> <laughs> got sick of feeling those nuts in your back. But visually, it stands out. So did, did you did you have a lot of people? Did you feel people's eyeballs on you? Did you have people talking to you at the stoplights? Yeah. So, well, like, so initially it was like all the the locals were like, "What the hell are we seeing right here?" And then it it wasn't too long until everybody was like, "Oh, so that's just socks. He just rides the motorcycle. Whatever. Go about your day. Give me another mai tai." <laughs> and uh, crazy Howley, dude. That's yeah. that's the word I was looking yeah, for. Full right on Howley. Yeah. Full on yeah. crazy Howley. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, they get, it's a big tourist town too. So they just get a constant in, influx of just random people showing up. Where were you living? Uh, Kailua Kona. Okay. On the big island. Yeah. Okay. And uh, with all of those people showing up, like, man, I can't tell you the amount of time like Japanese tourists would be running down a Lee Drive, like Main Street. They'd be running down a Lee Drive trying to like fumble for their phone to pull it out to capture us while we're like just cruising 25 down the main strip. Uh, so it was always, you could definitely feel eyes always shifting and like, it's really noticeable for people who are cruising with me. If they're, whether they're on like a moped or another motorcycle, or they're just in a car behind me, every single time I've come to a stop, wherever that destination is, they get out and they're like, dude, it's a circus. 
Like you're just living a circus. And at this point, I'm pretty well like I don't notice it as much because it's just been my life for a decade. But (laughs) it's uh, it's definitely been bizarre. It's been a bizarre thing. Do you have uh, people yell negative things at you? Only a couple of times. Okay, so it's most it's, mostly supportive. Mostly people are seeing that as a cool thing. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, most people just have this giant grin on their faces, right? It's just like, this is the most unbelievable thing. This dog is literally riding like a human being on the back seat. Um, but there's been... Like, when I was in Las Vegas and I was on the interstate in rush hour... There was a woman who like cut us off and then slammed on our brakes and then I swerved over into like the the shoulder area in like the the middle area between the two directions. And this woman like rolls down her window and starts yelling at us and she's flipping me off and and I'm just like like you're right now what you're doing is more dangerous than what I'm doing. Mm. But you know, nobody's ever wrong. So I'm I'm pretty used to that point. It's amazing. Justin actually is showing the video on Facebook and the smile on that dog's <laughs> face. Like dogs can have a pretty big grin. Uh both our dogs tend to smile a lot. I've never seen a bigger smile on a dog's face than socks on the back of your bike. He he's happy there. I want to go back to the training. So you, you get him on the bike, you're rubbing on him, you're, 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 you're brushing him, and you start the bike the first time <laughs> you're rubbing on him. How you doing? Sounds romantic. <laughs> hey, baby. You want to go on a ride, buddy? <laughs> get the rumble of that engine going. <laughs> How did Sox react the first time you started the engine? After rubbing? He jumped off. Yeah? Yeah, he jumped off. He's like, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, un- it's uncomfortable. Um, the... Uh, the way that they talk about it in, in animal behavior, you know, my background is zoology. I studied animals in college. So the way they talk about it in animal behavior is operant conditioning, mm-hmm. basically, you're, and, and shaping. You're, you're using two different methods to really try to push these these things further. And so you reward them for anything that they're doing good, and then you can slowly start to shape it by like if they do a certain behavior slightly different, you can reward them for that. And all of a sudden you've added like a direction toward this training. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. There was definitely some hangups, you know, he didn't like putting his, um, his arms up on my shoulders. He was not about that, but treats, man, treats work. Food, <laughs> food and give me some food, food and brushing food and love dogs are so, Man, I love them. They're the, the best people ever are dogs. <laughs> One of my other favorite things about Socks is his helmet. How did you get him? Like, I can't put, I try, you got goggles on Socks. I try to put glasses on my dog and they're gone in a heartbeat. He eats them. How do you get these goggles <laughs> and helmets? <laughs> Speaking of which, you need goggles uh, to stay on. How, how, do, how do you get him to stay on? <laughs> uh He's even got a little. Well, mask so the on. helmet, the helmet, <laughs> man, COVID that mask. thing is glued to his head. He's uh, there's two different types of straps going around his head, so it goes around the back, like the back of his skull, uh-huh. and then it also goes underneath his jawline, and so there's really no way that he can get that off. And then, and then the goggles are actually made specifically for dogs, and those also attach through those two different attachment points. Um, under the jaw and then behind the skull, like behind the head. And uh, 
I have both of those two, the helmet and the goggles, zip tied together. So he would need to be able to figure out how to undo four of those to try to get that off. So it wasn't necessarily him just being like, all right, yeah, helmet and goggles are cool. As, <laughs> as much as him just being like, these are on my face. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> I must accept. Is the helmet actually made for a dog? Do they make dogs? No, that's a, okay. I wanted something that I was actually safety rated. So uh-huh. I got a children's extra small motorcycle helmet. And then the foam insert I actually had custom made so that it allowed a gap for his ears to fit within it. That's so odd, dude. So much love. You, yeah, man. Dude, it, people, some, uh, some people will, will say it's animal cruelty. Some people will talk about how you treat your dog. Man, go out and get a specially designed helmet, goggles. There's so much love for them. Uh, goggles made for dogs. Why do they make goggles for dogs? Why do they make sunglasses for people? The, the 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 dog one makes a little Good like question. Well, who are they marketing goggles to dogs for in general? Like, what you never I seen mean, a dog hanging his head out the window? I have. Some of them have eye problems. I'm sure they need goggles <laughs> to protect their eyeballs. They're all nearsighted. Don't you know that? No. Um. <laughs> I, I didn't think about which one it was. Does he ever hang his face out there into the wind like you, you imagine a dog in a car? Does he get excited about it sometimes? Is- are you talking on the motorcycle? Yeah. His right. face is always in the wind. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean there's no window here. I, I'm imagining like the dog hanging out of the window with his face, his mouth all open, and it's flapping everywhere like crazy. Well, Sox so- me- seems far more collected than those dogs. Yeah, remember. And I just wonder if he if he cuts loose sometimes and it's like, fuck yeah, motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> you know the crazy face? Well, remember that helmet I'm a motorboat there. The- <laughs> the, the helmet and goggles are glued to his head, okay. going around his jawline, so he can't oh, really. So you got to contain the fun in the helmet. I got. Yeah, it. He, he can't <laughs> let loose like that. All right. Well, although so, you know, we used to ride without a helmet um, back in Hawaii. No helmet law there. And unfortunately, the one video that just goes viral over and over and over. This is, is the is, the dodo video. No, it's it's a different one. Although I think the dodo does end up using some of that footage, but. Uh, just videos of us riding in Hawaii. I didn't have the helmet made for him before that, mm-hmm. uh, before we actually came to the mainland. And so riding around with no helmet, he just, he, he had aviators, but they were human aviators <laughs> that I just like rigged in a way that wouldn't fall off of him. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that awkward. That was a time when you could see more pictures and video of him just wiling out on a, on a motorcycle. So you guys have been doing this for 10 years. I didn't know that. Yeah. How, um, how old is Socks? I would say probably nine and a half years of of actual riding. He's uh-huh. 10 and a half years old. Okay. Wow. So you started pr- pretty young. Right. Wow. Uh, when when did you, uh, when did social media be introduced into this whole thing? Like when did you realize that it was a thing that, that might do well? That's actually pretty, it's pretty recent in the, in the whole scheme of things. Um, I, created an Instagram forum, which was like, I didn't have a social media page. So for me, like a page for my dog was bizarre. Uh, but that was in March of 2018. So two and a half years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had had tons of people saying like, Oh, you have to make a social page. Like this is so crazy and it'll get, it'll blow up. But I wasn't trying to do that because I've already, like I had seen some negative reactions to it and i didn't like i wasn't doing it for an attention thing i was doing it because like i don't own a car 
I need to go places and I like my dog to be with me. So really that was like the deciding factor of like, I just, I want to ride with my dog. I don't, I'm not trying to do this to get everybody to pay attention. And then I remember there, there's a specific friend of mine that finally convinced me because they're like, look, look at this. This person goes on hikes with their dog. It's a husky. They've got all these cool pictures in mountains and on beaches and stuff. And they've got a million followers. And and I was like, you know what? Damn it, you're right. Because that dog doesn't even ride a motorcycle. <laughs> 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 like, I do all those things. But my dog also rides a motorcycle. So that was the point. I was like, all right, well, you know, this guy's making some money. You know, at, at a certain point, you make money from social media. And... I was like, well, if if the opportunity's there, let's give it a shot. Let's see what it's about. And it's it's uh turned into something pretty incredible. Have you had anyone recognize you like someone Oh, I I follow you on Instagram. Yeah, Th- does that happen? Weekly. Wow, that's cool. That's neat. It's bizarre. I bet it's bizarre. That's probably it, a better word for it. You know, for somebody to it's really strange because people view social media like influencers as somebody famous and to me like somebody famous is like you know George Clooney right like somebody famous like they make a lot of money they're in all sorts of news and and like movies or they're a professional athlete and when somebody comes up and they're just like they're having trouble having a conversation and they're like I can't believe I'm finally meeting you guys I'm like uh, <laughs> I I just sat at Starbucks for four hours so I could charge my iPad. <laughs> like I'm not that cool. I promise. Yeah, I'm sure that's the same with any any celebrity, any level of celebrity, unless you get someone who's a total narcissist who believes the the hype. But it's like, man, pe- most people are just people, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's it's good that uh, I'm, I guess I'm sure some people have let uh, let fame go to their or just you know popularity of any sort ruin who they who they think they are. But, uh, you know, the reality of it is, is your dog is cool and not you. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm aware of the dynamic duo. I am Robin and he is Batman. <laughs> I get it, man. I, man that's your dog is a real influencer. Get, yeah. Alfred. <laughs> I'm his butler. Alfred. Yes, yes, 100%, dude. Drive yeah. me around, bitch. Yeah. First I mean, of all, I have more respect for Alfred than Robin. Second of all, you're cleaning up a shit, man. Yeah, so, I mean, let's that's be real. true story. Alfred's in a lot more Batman movies than Robin. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a bad I do role. have much more respect for yeah, Alfred yeah. than Robin. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I like that better. Yeah. I never really yeah. enjoyed the tights Robin wore. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Robin was an odd bird. Dude, that sounds like a, a, a Halloween costume waiting to happen. Yeah, well, every year is something new. So yeah, we'll, I was yeah. looking yeah. through your Halloween Yeah, tell, tell us about Halloween awesome. this year. Oh, yeah, this so, year. So, hold on. We did mention your beard. You showed up at Spaceland. Uh, I was about to say, what happened to that beard? I keep seeing this epic beard. Dude, stop well, talking about it. We're, we're it still obviously hurts. Uh, wearing, uh, <laughs> wearing masks at the drop zone still. So when I met you, you were a glorious beard sticking out of a mask. That was that was my first impression of you. Yeah, before, I, before we get into the story of the costume, I just want to say that there couldn't be a single year more problematic for deciding to grow a beard for an entire year. <laughs> like for you to go through like the itchiness and the uncomfortable situations and like beard upkeep all so that it could be covered in a mask anytime you're in public. <laughs> it's the worst. 
So let's start a year earlier. What uh, what inspired you to grow a beard for one entire year? A yeard. A year. Right? <laughs> it's it's the yeard, yeah. Nice. Um, I've grown So I've grown actually I sh- I had a beard going for like 3 months and shaved it all off for 2019's Halloween costume. Um, it was Rick and Morty. Socks was Rick, I was Morty. And uh boom, got it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, I, yeah, I shaved off the beard. And then, you know, that's the day before No Shave November. And so I was like, well, here we go again. And then that rolled straight into December beard. And uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I, I just decided not to shave it. And I was like, you know what? This is the year. I'm, I'm just going to go for a full year. I've never done that in my life. I want to see what kind of a beard I can grow. And uh, I was really happy with it. But, man, coronavirus, you suck. Just cover over a well, glorious beard. E- even just what was hanging out from the bottom of your mask, majestic. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> <laughs> I've struggled. I keep trying to grow my beard back, and it gets so, like since I'm not going out in public, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. And then I go out for two days in a row wearing a mask. I'm like, I can't stay on this crap. It gets pushed back in your face. You sniff Ugh. your own mustache. I don't know how you grew that mustache in a mask. Nope. You know, when, when you were saying that, I just had flashbacks of choking on mustache hairs because the mustache hairs that would normally fall out oh. are now pushed directly... What? <laughs> 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 directly back into my mouth. And, dude, I would get a mustache hair cut like... You know when you're eating popcorn, you get a little fragment of a popcorn kernel stuck in the corner of your throat that you oh, can't get out? God. That was an everyday occurrence with the mustache hair. Long ones, dude. The long ones from the end. I don't know how they were getting in there. It's terrible. But you know that cough that you do when you have something caught in that spot in your throat? Yeah. Couldn't do it. What kind of something are you choking on? Sounds like a gag. I don't know. (laughs) It's long. It's stuck in the back of his throat. He doesn't know. It gets there. Thicker than I remembered. (laughs) A little warmer, too. It's got a lot of curls to it. Yeah. Very moist mustache hair. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so salty. Moving on. What was the question? It was about your beard. Where do we get sidetracked? No, it was it was Halloween. Halloween. Yep. So you you grew this beard for a year again. You show up with a beard, and now we're at Halloween. That's where we got to. Yeah. So I um, I shaved off the few remaining hairs that were on my head, and. uh, was trying to figure out something I could do with a Halloween costume that involves a, a bald guy. <laughs> and so, I was like, you know, like my options are limited. What's something that's pretty cool? And immediately Walter White pops into my head. And I had a pretty outrageous beard at the time. But Walter so White from the series Breaking Bad, for those of you who are not Breaking Bad nerds. Yeah, right. So uh, who is that? Do, do, I, do they I, exist? I haven't seen a single episode of that show. Oh my god! What? Oh, that's right. Yep. Because yeah, cause I mean, I, I walked know, up to you. And I know. You didn't the, even <laughs> I know the show. Like, I like I the get picture. The, uh, I get the character, but I wouldn't have known his name if you had asked me. Like I, like I know the story. I know the, mm-hmm. the whole meth thing, but uh, I just haven't watched the show. I like the picture of you reenacting the scene where you're standing in the undies with the bag of the blue crystal. <laughs> it's hilarious. Notice the the uh, trousers blowing in the wind on the front of that Winnebago. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Hanging off the antenna. <laughs> yeah, not an accident. Um, yeah, so that was pretty much, that was it. It was, And it's always been, you know, how can I make this so that I can actually do a costume where I n- include socks? And so, you know, in years past, it's been uh, Little Red Riding Hood, and that's me, dressed, and um, the Big Bad Wolf. 
dressed as Nana. So that sucks. <laughs> right. And then uh like I've I've gone as uh Shaggy and socks with Scooby Doo and I've gone as um what else, what else is in there? I don't know. I'm fixated on the little red riding hood right now. <laughs> oh my. He got like the sexy stockings with uh, yeah. fucking sandals. <laughs> it was it was the only type of shoes that I owned at that time, but they were red so they matched. <laughs> I accessorized. Oh man. Oh man, but one uh, of my favorite parts. You got part- Curious George, it looks like. Oh yeah, that was a f- that was one of my favorites oh. actually, just because socks. He's got so a cute. banana on his hand too. <laughs> That's a great outfit, man. I one of my favorite parts. I don't know if any of the other outfits did it, but this year your costume wasn't once. It was like watching the Emmys. There was costume change every time I turned around. You were wearing something. You weren't wearing something different. You evolved one step further in the costume. Is that a better yeah. way to say it? No, that's exactly right. So take me take me through the evolution because I think I missed some of it through the day. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, if if you're familiar with the uh, Breaking Bad story, it's like it's this high school chemist teacher, and he's just this normal guy. Uh, spoiler alert: he gets cancer and decides to sell meth. So this evolution over time occurs and it, it's basically me showing up wearing uh, a green plaid shirt and some khaki pants, which is like, that's like the, the costume, like the, the main costume for him. That's what he went to school in that, that sort of stuff. And then uh, as the day goes on, um, all of a sudden I'm wearing like the, the shirts a little bit disheveled and then a little bit later, I've got uh, dark sunglasses, and at one point, I uh, I actually took somebody's fedora just so that I could wear the hat that actually matches Walter White's hat <laughs> when he's actually Heisenberg. And then uh, last, I wanted to portray the um, the points where they're actually cooking meth, and so they're wearing like the full yellow hazmat suits and have uh, the actual like gas mask. On, I was really hoping to wear that gas mask on a skydive, but I just felt like I was just going to die in that thing in the airplane. <laughs> That's I wore. But th- you did wear I, the rest of the skydiving, right? You, you all of it. You jumped as this progression was happening. I remember seeing you land in the uh, in the khakis, landing in khakis and dress shoes. Yeah, with with tandems. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you walked up to me that morning, and the only thing that stood out is you had shaved. And you were actually caught off guard that I recognized you. Um, yep. I, I'd mentioned it's only because I mainly recognize you with a mask on. So I got used to looking at your eyes, and, and it's been odd. I've been able to recognize people better because of COVID, uh, because we're forced to, to notice features better. Um, and, but I, d- I didn't really notice the Heisenberg outfit. I didn't really notice the Walter White outfit. I just, it was kind of a casual outfit. I'm like, okay, he's dressed kind of nice for a Saturday, but whatever. Uh, later on that day, I see you dressed this orange shirt. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, <clears throat> later on through the day, I see you wearing the fedora. I'm like, what the? A little bit later, I see you in the next phase, and I was like, oh my god, he's been Walter White all day. Like it took <laughs> probably halfway through the day before it hit me in the head. I was like, oh, this is the best costume ever. And I love the evolution at the end. I never saw it in person as uh, Justin described it in front of the Winnebago, trashed out, crappy Winnebago. 
And if you've ever seen Breaking Bad, as soon I saw the trousers right away. It, it is a great, great freaking uh, photo, dude. Yeah, that's one of the signature scenes of the whole series, yeah. right? And that, and you get it in the first episode as like a this. Hey, this is going to be a foreshadow to what occurs in this whole thing. Uh, so I figured I had to do that, and of course, including socks in it, I'm like. All right, I got to make him into a Jesse Pinkman, so I got to get a, another <laughs> yellow hazmat suit that he can be wearing. Put the gas mask on him while I've become totally unhinged. Have my, you know, my shirt tucked into my whitey tighties. <laughs> uh, by the I way, just you, need to get him to bark, bitch. You, you know what's funny? I, <laughs> to science, be the real bitch. Just, now just that you're just <laughs> describing this process. Like I just thought I was seeing you jump in dress clothes and watching <laughs> yourself become naturally disheveled of what would happen <laughs> if you put on nice clothes and continue to skydive throughout the day. Like, I realized that I, I remember seeing this now, but I didn't realize the process was so intentional. You just thought that's the, the <laughs> what a hot yeah, mess. The, the <laughs> genuine day Dude, of I, a tandem I've, instructor no, <laughs> slowly I've, losing it. I've <laughs> jumped in dress clothes. Like I've for, I've for real jumped in a suit. I've jumped in uh, several button shirts. I've jumped with ties on. And if you keep jumping, yeah, the shirt you tucked in is no no tuck anymore after that. So yeah, I just thought I just saw you. Go, yeah. Yeah, you're just falling apart throughout the day, and it seemed normal. We've seen weirder <laughs> come through recently, so you're you're set. So, so funny story. I actually like right when I got there uh, to Spaceland, I walked up to Hank, another one of the tandem instructors, and you know, just dropped this little candy bag. It's it's filled with uh, rock candy that's blue, so it looks like meth, <laughs> like, or or at least the meth <laughs> portrayed in Breaking Bad. And I'm wearing this whole costume, and he's just staring up at me. And he doesn't recognize me at all. Remember, I shaved off this beard and I'm just wearing something that doesn't look like a regular cost, like our regular work clothes. He just thinks I'm just some random person and I'm just standing there looking like a lunatic holding a bag of candy. (laughs) We literally talked for like three or four minutes before he was like, oh, you're Michael. (laughs) Like he had no clue who I was. And... uh, then it like replaying it in my head, it just became way funnier because I'm just this guy standing in a costume that he thinks is just me wearing dress clothes, holding fake crystal meth, just looking at him all funny because I was doing like the disheveled look at the time. And, and he's just carrying on like, is this one of my former AFF students? I don't <laughs> What is this guy doing? And also, he hasn't seen Breaking Bad either. Right. So so for what kind of friends do I have? You don't. That don't like Breaking Bad. You don't. Yeah. You don't, don't like it. You I mean, I just don't you don't know you it. don't like it. See, uh, Sam's taste in uh, movies and television is a little different than mine. We watch a lot of stuff on Disney Plus. Hmm. So uh, your choice or hers? Is it just Man, Moana? Have you been? Over have you again? been in a long term relationship? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, I, I will watch whatever. I don't care. I'll I'll watch whatever she is happy watching, dude. That's fine with me, dude. And Moana, that's a good ass movie. I was about movie, to dude. say, is it just that over and over because she's an Asian? No, little she, Asian. <laughs> she did have an obsession with Moana, and uh, for a while, the Moana soundtrack was real popular. 
And uh, the the rough days are when I discover I'm singing a Moana song. Oh no! And she hasn't played it. I was oh. gonna say, is it popular to you or to her? <laughs> well, when you go from Biggie to Moana, that's a set, dude. That's my life. <laughs> I, I that that my diversity as a person right there. I've probably sang both of those songs in the same drive to work. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, it's awful. A melody of <laughs> mix them together. But no, I I think that I. I'm a bit of a shithead in the way that <laughs> if there's enough hype around anything, I decide that I don't like it. And I think all the hype around Breaking Bad, everyone talking about it, oh, this is such a great show. You'd love this show. It's like, yeah, fuck that show. I liked it before it was cool, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way about not investing in such a hipster icon shows. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, th- this show's really popular. You have to watch it. And I was super hesitant with Breaking Bad. And I gave it Breaking Bad. The last season was like shot was aired in two sessions, right? Um, I if I remember right, and Valerie and I just one New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whatever, New Year's break, decided let's try Breaking Bad, and we watched the entire flipping series um, mm-hmm. up to the last half season, and we're like, oh my god, I thought it was over. There's half a season left, <laughs> um, and I, I, I was locked. I hate watching. A lot of shows but and movies I've never for watched. For real, I, I actually watched it live the entire time. Like from the first like episode on. For I was each Sunday. I was that person, right? <laughs> and I, I kind of envy the, uh, the being able to binge watch it, but also. Was it on HBO? I like being able to. AMC. Yeah, oh, okay. AMC. I like being able to like wait in anticipation because always when you're done wa- watching, binge watching something, like you're yearning for more. Like, oh man, I. I wish there was more going on, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you know, when you're waiting for a week every time, it's just so much more intense. Do you have a series right now, something you're waiting on? Because as you were describing that, I'm thinking Ozark season three. No, uh, it's mostly nerdy shit like uh, Star Trek Discovery. The Boys was really good. Oh, The Boys is fucking. In. Have you yeah, watched The Boys? That's uh, really I don't. Good. I don't watch hardly anything, honestly. Amazon Prime, if you're an Amazon Prime uh, member, it's. The boys, they're a bunch of superheroes. Basically, picture like, uh, what was it called? The Hall of Justice with Superman and mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. The picture, the Hall of Justice Only today. Only super dark. Yeah, <laughs> really dark. Everybody's got dark secrets. All these superheroes are really immoral, horrible people who imagine ego-tripping, power dickheads being superheroes. So they're um, people that are superheroes. Exactly. And, it, and it's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. That's right. Yeah, like more realistic superheroes. Yeah. yeah. And some of them are nice and friendly. Some of them are big perv. Some of them are What was that dicks. one with uh, Will Smith where he's the washed up superhero? Hancock. 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 Yeah. Is, it, is it anything like that? Mm. Way darker. Yeah. yeah it's, oh, okay, it's, cool. Yeah, more dark. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's really enjoyable, man. Um, what What is this? The Boys. The Boys. Yeah. I am waiting for uh, uh, Star Trek. Discovery. That is one I'm actually watching mm. week by week. I enjoy that show a lot. So I've always been a huge Star Trek nerd. So yeah, that's that's the thing for me. I'm rewatching Stargate right now. Dude, I, we're, we're about to nerd out. That that was a show that I would always watch <laughs> and fall asleep to as a kid. Really, Stargate. Yeah, never was, watched it. Is it did really? you watch SG One, the original? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm watching right. Atlantis. Rewatching. I feel like I, I saw that one too. Different characters just, in both shows. We've just right? spun off into total, yeah, like, total fucking nerd shit it's that fu- you hate. It's funny and that I'm I, so surprised that you've seen. Well, it. it's only because that that's <laughs> the stuff that would come off like. So when I was a little kid, The Simpsons would like it would be the news, and then The Simpsons, and then either something like Stargate or mm-hmm. Star Trek would come on after. So it was kind of like my wind down from The Simpsons. Okay. And like, hey, I can't fall asleep, so I'm gonna watch this 
You should pass out my show. The wind down from The Simpsons. I've already gone back and rewatched all the Star Trek series, so now I'm rewatching the Stargates. It's funny because Abby, my girlfriend, came home the other day. She's like, "What are you watching?" She started with Star Wars. I'm like, "No, not Star Wars." Then she went to Star Trek, and I said, "No, it's not Star Trek." And the whole time I'm laughing because all of them start with fucking star. <laughs> no, yeah. it's actually Stargate. Honey, it's nothing like those other shows. Nothing at all. They're like on those. Earth. <laughs> or no, they're not. They're going to other places. Never mind. It, starts, it doesn't take place in outer space, right? On a spaceship? Stargate? Uh, it depends which series you're watching. Oh, Atlantis shit. actually takes place on a different planet. Dang it. A different galaxy. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I thought that's I was above that level right of murdery, but no. I, I think the it. reason why I like Stargate is because this is the last thing I'll say about it. It's like if humans today with no modern advancements came into contact with aliens versus like Star Trek and Star Wars, you know, different galaxies, different time periods. Oh, my God. Are we going to talk so about so aliens right now? Michael, how do you feel? Oh, about let's aliens? do it. Oh, they're out there. Let's fucking do it. Conversations. What do you mean they're out there? Oh, they're out there, man. They're at, <laughs> have there been aliens I love these on this? Hold planet. on, let's start with they're out there. Let's just yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where are they? <sighs> Everywhere. No. Do you uh, need a refill now? <laughs> we can go to yeah, the next one. Um, hold on. <laughs> so they're yeah, everywhere. We got to get them primed. We're having to refill refill the whiskey scotch that's being drunk. That's right. There's no e in whiskey in Scotland. Just with the way it's spelled. Do they say it? That's right. In the UK. No, it's just whiskey, but there's no E. Kind of like color has a U in the... I know because I fucked up the Wi-Fi password to the place I was staying at in Scotland Mm. by putting an E in it. And getting laughed at. (laughs) Stupid jank. (laughs) Right? So I was a ginger, so I blend in. (laughs) Yeah, that that was a very friendly port. He's got to ride a bike home after this. (laughs) With no dog on it. He's going to throw off his balance. (laughs) It's like a bobsled team without the people in the back. Yeah, where's Sanka? <laughs> what? I, I don't get I, it. Cool Runnings, <laughs> the the movie about the Jamaican bobsled team. I I watched that movie, but I don't have the uh, have a very cloudy v- memory of it. Remember well, you? Sanka is the push car driver who <laughs> is, becomes the brake man on the on the bobsled. <laughs> Dude, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I see pride. I see power. You don't know this. I see a badass motherfucker that don't that take no shit from anybody. See, he got he's got it. <laughs> you started this by saying you have quotes to movies. That <laughs> no, oh, he does <laughs> this all the time. It's, I'm sorry. It's, we it's from, funny. I totally had forgot we even addressed that. We're from nerding out on space to nerding out on dude, Disney dude, movies. I love Cool Runnings. We can't help it. You need this to hang out the in the Disney video movie room. Thing. This is nonstop. Dude, Him and it sounds like I don't need to hang out in the video room. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I agree. Uh Hold on, we were talking about aliens. They're out you there. You said Everywhere. they're out there. What do you mean? Well, it, all right. So it depends on where your uh, where your allegiance lies. You know, there's like Canadian uh, Minister of Defense who got in front of a whole bunch of politicians and was saying things along the lines of like, "Hey, there's seven or nine different species of aliens <laughs> on this planet right now," and this is somebody no who's way. like, "Yeah, this is somebody who is like." The really, Ministry of Defense, you said. Yeah, it, I think that's what it, his title was. It was like the, yeah, Minister a Canadian of Defense. government official. Yeah, like way up. Okay, in, Canadians in be crazy, yo. Uh, is, has anybody ever said that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, so when you hear about something like that, all of a sudden you're like, okay, so 
if he's saying seven to nine, there's got to be at least one, <laughs> right? <laughs> there's got to be at least one. But then, you know, in the broad scheme of things, if you're just like a scientific mind and you're looking at a giant uh, sky full of stars and you can't see all of the stars that are there, there, there just has to be, period. Like there has to be, and not even just like simple life, like there has to be intelligent life. We can't possibly think that like we're so intelligent and we're the the prime example of intelligence <laughs> that, that's scary. out there because like man it's we've all vast. seen people it's we're not infinite, that intelligent right? yeah, yeah i i think that uh humanity in the in the cosmic uh scheme of things is probably not all that unique you can probably go to most most uh galaxies i mean when you think of a galaxy hundreds of billions far, of far stars. Far, far away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, back into Star Trek we go. But it's like, man, it's so <laughs> It's the complete wrong and one. It's like, <laughs> he does not know. Wait, hold on. What did you say? Star I, Wars. Star Wars. I know it. it. I know it. There it is. Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Pop my lightsaber and chop your ass and off. It, see, that's, that's so funny. I, I think that's an ironic thing about my obsession with movie quotes is things like this that are so well known among the nerds who love like <laughs> Why do you point at me when you were Yeah, he did. He clearly because, pointed because, at you. Because you're the one with a lightsaber hanging near the entryway of your home <laughs> that I saw you show off to every guest who came here for two weeks Fair at point. least. Oh, that's dude, I absolutely love that thing, man. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That's why I pointed at you. <laughs> it's, uh, I went to Disney World. The only souvenirs I brought back were from Star Wars. God, give me a break. Oh, shit. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we, look, <laughs> we look around our solar system and we don't find much, right? So to think that it's on every planet is probably not everywhere. But, uh, man, to think about how many stars there are, just the probability says it's got to be somewhere out there, right? Do do you believe this uh, Canadian fella? Do you think that there are aliens here on this planet right now? Yeah, I just I I have to think that there's some form of alien. You know, I'm not talking like some giant green alien or some some little alien with a big head and black eyeballs sitting like, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are blue. Uh, but like there's, with little there's, T-Rex there's likely something out there, and you know, like to. To just imagine that everything is carbon-based life forms Thank also you. like that's a that's a whole different tree like we ha- we haven't explored that area at all and and so what we assume life should look like might not actually be the full scope of things right if you follow like the uh, you know you trace it backwards where humans evolved from if you believe in evolution if you're not a creationist <laughs> like me. But if you, if you trace it back, yeah, we evolved from different animals that made us look this way. But imagine that uh, an octopus was the animal that continued to evolve. Oddly enough, they might I'm, be aliens. I'm glad that you dicks. used octopus as an example because that's the one thing, like back out in Hawaii when I would talk to, you know, I, I used to work on boats and so I would show tourism. I would do tour, tourism trips for all these different tourists to to see wildlife and the octopus was the one thing that when i would get all tangent on a story i'd be like yeah the octopus is probably an alien (laughs) that was was like my one example of like well if there's anything that's just clearly right in front of us that's an alien it's probably the octopus did you see that new uh documentary just came out it's i think it's called my octopus teacher no really good about this guy this uh documentary yeah yeah that's thank you (laughs) that sounds like a documentary I don't know. I don't understand what's happening. Pornhub. 
Hentai? Was it a hentai? <laughs> there was nothing pornographic about this beautiful film, you monsters. But uh, this guy who I, I want to say I'm remembering he works for so like uh, Nash. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I mean, suction cups. Yeah. <laughs> Go he, on. He does get an arm chopped off. It might be his dick arm. You don't know. <laughs> you never know. Don't th- At least it regrows, right? <laughs> anyway, this guy, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, worked as a wildlife photographer, videographer at some point. Has all this amazing footage of this octopus that he becomes friends with. And uh, I won't ruin the story yet, but it's a great documentary. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. But uh, no, but imagine that uh, the octopus right now is the animal that continues to evolve in the same way that we evolved from monkeys and everything before that. Yeah, that would be a very crazy-looking alien if that thing became super smart and was running machines and flying the spaceship that got him here. It's not the uh, you know the bipedal uh, upright alien that most people imagine. Yeah. Well, even just think about the vast majority of our own planet is covered with water, and how much of that is undiscovered. You know, because we can't go that deep. We don't know what the fuck's down there. It could be like oh, the abyss. It's not just what's on the floor. It's what's lying in the like three miles of zone we haven't explored yeah. anything of. That's pure darkness. And the deeper we go, the weirder shit we find. Yeah. It's like sex. <laughs> Title of your sex tape. Oh. I wouldn't know anything about that part. <laughs> deeper we go. <laughs> Doesn't go very well, deep. Asian genetics, man. They are what they are. It's like a belly button and a fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Asian penis and the white boy math. I just uh, don't win. <laughs> Sucks, man. Good golly. <laughs> Good golly, Miss Molly. Um, we were on a bike dog at some point. <laughs> we were on... Well, now you've turned it dirty. <laughs> way to make so it pervert. Hold You're on, a pervert. I, I do feel like there was a way to circle back to the to the bike dog. I forget what we were even talking about. Aliens, 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 aliens are real. So not ca- yeah, carbon based. Yeah, wait. So on the aliens thing, if you know, clearly you guys like some outer space shows. So uh, there's a uh, there's a movie that I actually watched maybe a year or two ago called Europa Report. Oh yeah, I saw that one. See this one? Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's something worth watching. Not to this is try a, to a moon of Saturn, right? Or Jupiter? It's Jupiter. Europa is that? I think that's Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, that's that icy the yeah, like, the, the mm-hmm. icy moon that they the, think is you know a hundred miles deep of ice, and then there could be liquid yeah liquid liquid, liquid oceans what, under the surface. Yeah. Right. What service is this show on? Where can I watch it? I don't know if it's Netflix or if it's uh, Amazon, but I watched it on one of those. It might not be there anymore, but it it was worth the watch. I think um, the ginger's figuring it out. Yeah, it I'm, out. I'm putting the link to my octopus teacher right now. Then, dude, it's a good ass movie. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a documentary. That's right. It is. <laughs> it is. It does say documentary. <laughs> it does not. It does not sound pornographic to me at all. Is it the puss part? Is that what's happening? <laughs> We're all eight years old still. I Did think you not it's just the this? combination of octopus and teacher. And doctor, mm. and I don't know. Might as well be called octopus stepsister. <laughs> I hate you, stepbro. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, oh, I know what my next search is going to be. Okay, great. <laughs> God. <laughs> I just want him to search that so bad. <laughs> I can't Dude, even I see the screen. DJ's computer, fuck it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Okay, aliens. Look at my favorite passport thingy. Do you think that Should I go to incognito mode first? <laughs> the aliens <laughs> I'm trying real hard to get this question out. How do hard? <laughs> do you think that aliens abduct human beings and take them somewhere else? I I don't. I don't think that's something that uh, that's happened, or there's just not been pr- any proof, really. You know, I've I've watched a lot of the the claims of people being like, "Oh, I was taken up," but let's be honest, those people don't sound the most uh, credible. Do you know what the Disclosure Project is? It's a uh, a guy. If it's who, aliens, I probably watched it. Yeah, you probably recognize the guy's face. He, um, you know, you talked about this Canadian. <laughs> Well, it's getting sexy again in here for anyone. You're no. <laughs> giving me a very inappropriate <laughs> smile, like you're about to make a dick joke. No, I just, I, for some reason, you saw I'm just, it, right? You saw the look. You saw the look. I no, so I just, I immediately thought of the guy that just looks like he's totally coming undone on a on a documentary okay. where his hair is just wild. Oh, Bob Lazar, no, not, Jeremy. No, not, you mean the guys from Ancient Aliens? Oh, yes, that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> aliens. Uh, Stephen M. Greer is this guy's name from the Disclosure Project. He's an American ufologist. And, uh, yeah, anyway. You, you, he has you, a degree in ufology. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that sounds like a porn professor. It's a science. <laughs> Jesus. You guys, the porn. Uh... <laughs> yes, this man gets a lot of people who are like high-ranking military, like the Canadian person you described. People that uh, you know aren't the crazy Yahoo in the middle of nowhere that got abducted and had their b-hole played with all night. <laughs> it's, it's people that ha- you know have military careers or uh, you know pilots. People that would trust a, an odd thing that they saw in the, in the sky. Right. And uh, disclosure. I think they're coming out with a new. <laughs> I'm gonna, I feel weird about saying documentary now that you guys made fun of my last <laughs> one. But they're coming out with a new documentary about it. But, man, I am super fascinated by aliens. I so what's the name of that again? The Disclosure Project. And I'm pretty sure that there are already the previous documentaries. <laughs> with, we put with a that. link to that in the comments as well. I love Justin or whoever's producing because they'll put links to the shows. So when we're done, I'm like, what was I supposed to watch again? Thank you, Justin. <laughs> I love you. <clears throat> um, what about Bob Lazar? Um, you recognize that name right away. Immediately. Yeah. What are your thoughts on his claims? I think that the claims that he made in the eighties <laughs> were likely exaggerated a little bit because if you watched like the most recent Bob Lazar documentary, um, he seems like he's pulled back a little bit from some of those things that he had previously said. Uh, but there are several different things that you know, come out in this documentary that are uh, that are very, you know, factual. That's like this is concrete. This is this is something that exists. This is something I talked about on film and like major, the yeah, and major authority said this doesn't exist, right? And so, and and just you know that that person talking, Bob Lazar talking, he doesn't sound like somebody who is, you know out there like he's a scientist this this man owns a laboratory for like chemistry sets and stuff that he sends off to to schools and like private chemistry sets for gifts and things so that kids can do all kinds of cool experiments like this isn't some lunatic he's he's likely somebody who's experienced like the real deal and has 
kind of dealt with some of the repercussions of trying to expose that. Justin, have you been here for the, our conversations about Bob Lazar? Do you know who he is? Uh, sorry, I wasn't. Totally <laughs> no, you were. Was trying to, <laughs> what was the name of the thing? The d- disclosure. What? The disclosure project. I'm pretty certain he was I searching could be the octopus neighbor. It. It's a nonprofit <laughs> organization, apparently. Um, hold on. Yeah, <clears throat> Steve Stephen Greer, G R E E R. If you search him, it'll probably yeah. bring up whatever uh, their okay. next film is. So I agree. He seems so well put together and composed. Like he's not a nut job. And the more I listen to him, the more I'm like, he's got to have some valid statements. Um, I feel like he's pulled back not because all everything he was saying was exaggerated, although there there might be a truth to it as much as he's pulled back out of fear uh people are intimidating him, uh out of fear of dealing with the public. I don't think he seems to be a very public person. It seems like he wants to have a more private life about it all, and that if he keeps making these claims, he has to answer them a lot, so he seems to be protective do, do you want to sum up the the bob lazar story who he is um you do a better job of it you really uh do. he worked at area 51 and a highly s4. highly classified area of area 51 called s4 and claims to have worked on uh, reverse engineering ufos uh specifically the uh uh the thrust i guess the uh propulsion yeah the propulsion system and uh this, these gravity uh, driven propulsion systems that uh, leave no heat signature and no exhaust, nothing like that. So he says that those are real. They had some of them. He worked on them. He was hired to reverse engineer it. And uh, there are uh, the, com- the 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 official companies have tried to deny his 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 past there, right? Deny that he ever worked in any of these facilities. But they've found uh, employee directories that uh, had his name listed and people who worked there who recognized him as someone who also worked there. So they're obviously trying to cover up something about his involvement there. But yeah, uh, news, newspaper articles giving him like awards for different activities that he had done in these companies. There's definitely some proof to that man having existence yeah, in, these, in these organizations. Yeah, he definitely worked for these organizations. Right. But it's still that doesn't necessarily say, mean that everything he says about what he did when he worked there is true. But man, the way he talks about it, he doesn't seem like someone who's trying to you know, get famous or, you know, spread any, like he, he's definitely more interested in the science and the technology of it than he's interested in, in aliens. Yeah. To me, the most, I think the most critical part about trying to figure out if he's telling the truth came from the question of like, if you could go back and not be a part of this, would you? And him saying like, yeah, you know, this has caused me more harm than good. Like for for somebody to to have all of these different secrets, whether you know if if you set to side if it's truth or not, for somebody to have this sort of information and say, "Hey, me telling people about it was something bad in my life, and I wish that I didn't know about it." Not just for telling people, but also because there's so much that could be done with that information that we hold that we're not actually using. You know, like some some of the technologies that are there that he's saying, we just don't have access to it. It does, uh, if, if that is all possible, it does bend my mind a little bit about what sort of technology the government, or whoever, whoever has. You could say the government, or you could say just whoever, whoever it is, I don't know. I don't know who has the secret spaceships. I don't know if that is, is involved with the government or not. What are you doing over there? I was adjusting the knob on the mic. <laughs> okay. it was a little I, thought, bit loose. I thought you were signaling me to freak me out. But um, 
He's playing with his knob. Ooh. I was telling you to steal third. <laughs> uh, steal third. You're w- waving me into home plate? Is it stealing if you gave him permission? The other team doesn't know. But it does freak me out <laughs> about what technology might exist. Like, dude, I get super paranoid when I start thinking about, uh, you know, the f- the the government's tracking, you know, everything through my phone. And then it's like, God, how how far? Like, in hearing uh, people talk about, oh yeah, they have this technology where you're going to be able to record your dreams in the future. It's like, God, is that true? Can they hear my thoughts right now? This is where my po- paranoia leads. Is are they, do they know what I'm thinking? That's insane. I don't think that that's true, but it does terrify me that something like that might be possible in the future and that, uh, you know, things like thought crimes and stuff like that could, could be something that we actually see. It terrifies me. Yeah. That oh, would... Minority Report. Dude, what a crazy movie. Yeah. I, I was going to quote Minority <laughs> Report, but I won't do it. <laughs> I was hoping you would. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what, uh, what sort of technology do you think the government's hiding there, Michael? You're turning this episode into me being a lunatic. No, but, uh, <laughs> I, I do really Tell enjoy me about it. aliens and why the government's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they were wrong. I didn't even say it was a government. But, uh, man, what uh, is there anything that you think exists in science fiction that you think is already out there that they're not telling us that they've got? Yeah. Oh, we lost a microphone. Uh-oh. Uh, did you the switch right there in your face? Am I back? Yep. You're back. Um, I would honestly say that I I think the technology is probably there for invisibility. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Yeah. See, which the, the my biggest objection to like UFOs and aliens right now is like, okay, let's say twenty years ago, let's say something incredible started happening right here in this room right now. There's a really good chance that none of us would be able to capture any evidence of that happening. But right now, anything could happen, and there would be five, <laughs> you know, video angles of it. And and any there was only four, four of us here, but we have at least two other cameras going. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a, fo- a camera lives in my pocket all the time. If I saw a UFO, if an alien started walking down my street, I would one hundred percent get a shot of it. And I don't feel like the ability to capture those sorts of sightings has really increased to the level of our ability to capture them. So I think that a lot of the stuff that you used to see, uh, you know, there's probably a lot more hoaxes out there of the of the stuff that was real popular in, in earlier years. But um, if invisibility technology exists, maybe that's we're not, why we're not seeing any of it. I, if it does, I want to go back to the dog. Can we go back to the dog? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to the dog. A- aliens exist. We're going to get back. Aliens do exist. Aliens exist. Um, so <laughs> one of the reasons you wanted to take your, di- your dog on the bike is just because you had no other mode of transportation. But right. one of your goals has become to see a bunch of parks with your dog. Yeah. So before I left Hawaii, I was, you know, it like kind of played out in my head. If I get a motorcycle on the mainland, it wouldn't make sense to just stay in one area like there's so much out there to see and i probably tried to find every nook and cranny on the big island so why wouldn't i try to do that in an even more broad area and so really the thought like i remember the first time i thought about like wow i could get on a bike and just travel for hours and then camp and then travel for a few more hours and then camp and I can wind up in Montana 
near Fish Lake and camp there. And then I can drive for a few more hours and be in a national park. And all of a sudden it started to really come to like come together as far as, you know, I always wanted to see every state and every national park. And I had gone on a trip without my dog internationally and I was gone for a pretty long time. I was gone for more than a month. And I had some very, very close friends watch him, some people that they had children who were going to just annoy the hell out of my dog with so much attention. So I knew he would be loved while I was gone. But when I got back, there was two things that stood out. The one was that I thought about my dog several times. You know, I'm, 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 I'm hiking to, toward Everest Base Camp in Nepal. And there was times where I was thinking about my dog because there's these little strays running through these, you know, Namche Bazaar, these little villages and things on the way. And so I'm missing my dog. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to focus on doing my bucket list goals that can include him because I feel terrible for having left him. And it really became obvious when I came back to Hawaii and I was talking to the people who watched him and, and they were telling me, you know, every time a car rode up the driveway, he would go outside because he thought that you were coming. And then after about two weeks, he would like get up and just kind of look out the window. And then another week went by and he would hear a car going up the driveway and so he'd like lift his head, but he wouldn't even move. And then eventually he didn't move at all when he heard a car coming up. And I was like, that story literally just brought me to tears because I was like, my dog gave up on me. And I didn't want that to happen again. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my bucket list life his bucket list life. So, you know, I, I think it's in that the Dodo video where I, I say something along the lines of like, this is a bucket list for two. Like, I'm, I'm doing this thing with my dog and only with my dog. Um, which I, I distinctly remember a girlfriend being upset about. <laughs> you know, like, hey, I'm willing to come along with you. I've got my own car. And I'm like, yeah, but this is a, this is a me and my dog thing, so you're not invited. That doesn't go over well. I would imagine that didn't go over very well. No. No, it doesn't. And uh, it's also, there is one good out in that it's like, if they don't have their own vehicle... I'm like, well, you know, a motorcycle has two seats and they are taken. <laughs> you know? Yo, bitch, the dog trumps you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's really how it started. And, and so, like, our first trips were up in Washington and into Montana. Um, I had just gotten my tandem rating so that I could start working. And, and I knew that being a tandem instructor would allow me to travel around a lot. You know, I just talking to friends, I was like, okay, well, this is a way that I can kind of move around the country and even even maybe the world and still be able to work, provide myself with financial means and deliver the goals that I had of, you know, these bucket list goals, see every park, see every state and eventually, hopefully every seven, all seven continents. Right. Um, but it's been able to give me the the means to kind of jump around. And so I got a motorcycle and I've done, you know, Highway 1 in California going up through Oregon up into Washington. Nice. Um I've done the Blue Ridge Parkway 469 miles, which is just incredible from Tennessee up into Virginia and um 
Skyline Drive, which continues through Virginia for another 110 miles. These are some of the roads that are considered like the most scenic drives in the whole country. And I've done them on a bike with my dog. Um, and that's like, there's just like, there's no better feeling than literally looking back and watching my dog just like be that stoked dog looking with his head out the window of a car, you know, driving down the highway, that dog that's just so happy. But there is no window, right? He's just always happy. I don't have to roll a window down. He's stoked about it because we're out on a ride. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's been a pretty cool adventure. What drives you to go to all the parks? Why? why? Uh, you know, I'm somebody who just likes to be out in nature. I, I really... I can put on a face to talk to people for a little while, uh, you know, tandems. The reason I really love doing tandems is because I interact with somebody for about 45 minutes, <laughs> you know, like I can, I can put on a face for you for 45 minutes, give you good customer service, make sure you're completely stoked. And Hey, if we really connect, we can continue talking and I'm s super happy to be there, but you know, we don't all run into people that we like hanging out with but I know I have at least 45 minutes of customer service. Like, I know I have that. So that was really, uh, that was like the reason that, that the tandem thing worked for me. We're going to get back to the park service for one second or, or traveling to parks, but I, I want to park on, haha, <laughs> no pun intended, 45 minutes of customer service. I, I teach tandem courses, and one, th one of the things I tell people all the time is I don't care how much you get paid. I do truly care how much a tandem instructor gets paid. I think we're a, a underpaid industry in general, but in the end result, the customer paid two hundred plus dollars for a skydive. They deserve two hundred plus dollars of customer service, and I love how you recognize and use those words. I can give them a, a good time. I can I can help give customer service for forty five minutes. I love the the. I mean, yeah, everybody can. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but you know, almost everybody can give them a safe experience. You know, like they, they can give somebody what they wanted, jumping from a plane and landing safely on the ground. But I think the, the major issue is that most people look at a tandem skydive as equal across the board. And I think the general public isn't really aware that there isn't an it's not the same. Like not everybody does the same experience. And it's not just about the height that you fall from. Right. The amount of time that you fall doesn't always make it. You know, there's people that I've taken from 9000 feet out of a Cessna 182 that had the absolute time of their lives. And they had a way better experience than other people that I've seen jump from 14000. I've done student a tandem hop and pops leaving from minimum altitude. I think 7500 feet is now the limited yep. altitude. But uh Back in the day, we would do tandems for forty five hundred feet. Oh, uh, Jesus. yeah, it's it, it wasn't the that's it, terrible. It wasn't the goal. It wasn't do, the do desire. You, do you know what uh, the, the policy is at Spaceland right now? Uh, absolute bottom line is seventy five hundred feet. That's the that's the rule from from USPA, yeah, or UPT. UPT, but I think nine five is what we. Nine, yeah, nine five is right. Yeah. And it's because that's what we'll also do our STP from to maximize student learning time, or excuse me, not maximize, but to uh, to at least get. Good student learning time. Now, our my my uh, experiences were always we're sitting there on a really really crappy low cloud day. There's just no way it's happening. We keep sending hop and pop loads because the fun jumpers want to do it. 
Uh, this wasn't here at Spaceland. This was someplace else years ago. And the tandem customers go, well, they keep jumping. Why can't we jump? Look, bro, if you want to jump, we can jump. You're going to get five seconds of free fall, though, before the parachutes open. I'm in. <laughs> oh, really? Shit. I wasn't supposed to say that. See, <laughs> this is a thing that, like, I feel like there are things that are hard to think about outside of a skydiver brain. Like, when I think about taking someone from, from a lower altitude, it's like, the skydiver part of my brain is like, no, man, we need to go higher and get more free fall time. But I agree with you. I have seen people have less free fall time and more fun than plenty of people who have had more free fall time. And it seems like a, you know, a marketing thing of, oh, that place only goes to 10 grand. We go to 15. It's like, I can, I can see how that might appeal to, uh, to people who are, uh, you know, willing to shell out money for what they think is the best experience, uh, for their first time. But, uh, man, where was I going with that? It's about the experience, not the altitude. Um, God, I had a better train of thought than that. Never mind. You go. Hop back on the train when you get there. But that's what you were saying is it's about that customer experience. It's about giving them something for 45 minutes. You were talking about you saw being a tandem instructor, you could do that to fulfill this dream of chasing parks. Right. Right. you, I had asked you why chase parks, and you said because I can only put up with people forty five minutes at a time. Is, is another way to say that? Why well, parks? I mean, you, is you my real to, question though. Why? Why? Well, it's, parks? I'm somebody who likes to be out in nature. Yeah. Right. And so I, this kind of stems back to I was working in tourism out in Hawaii, doing working on boats, taking people on boat trips to go snorkel or or dive with, you know, these incredible different animals whether it's like manta rays or like turtles or dolphins or just hammerhead sharks all sorts of incredible stuff but at the end of the day you have people who get on the boat and they're like well you know i uh i get seasick i'm afraid of water and i don't like fish and you're like well thanks for joining for this five-hour tour (laughs) you know and so now it's for five hours i have to be your customer service friend And so that's very difficult for me. So the connection to nature has always been there for me. You know, that's the the reason that I studied environmental science and animal behavior is all because I like nature. And so for me to find a position where it allows me to travel with skydiving, I can I can go to different drop zones and it allows me to kind of cut down the amount of time I have to put customer service to a single individual because we don't all interact with with people we don't all get along with everybody but we can all play make-believe for long you know long enough to make a skydive experience incredible for someone that really was like okay this will allow me the financial means to see all the parks that i wanted to see and to see every state and really you know i don't know where i want to live my whole life at i've always said that hawaii is the best place that there is but it's impossible to say that if you haven't seen the rest of it. Right. So I've like, that was really the crusade of like, all right, well I got to see all 50 States. And now having seen, you know, Fort, I'm at 43 States. What States have you missed? Alaska. (laughs) Well, Alaska, which I'm really excited. That's next summer. Um, actually I plan to finish all of them next summer, but, uh, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, uh, Missouri, I think that's the seven. Central, Central North. Yeah, man, I uh, 
I love parks, Valerie, and I. You, you've met my wife, I think. That's our our dreams. Our goal is just chasing parks, chasing uh, wildlife, chasing wilderness. Don't chase wildlife. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, to a point, but but being around <laughs> just wild. not the ones that are going to chase you back. Yeah, those ones that scare me. Uh, you have you? I don't know if this is accurate. You want to visit every state and national park? Is that a goal? Every every state, every national park, and every national forest. So how many? Go fi- ahead. Fifty states. 62 national parks and 154 national forests. And how many state parks? You want to visit every state. And every national park, but not every state park. Cause That's where I was lost. Right. You know, like in a place like Texas, there's very few national forests, for especially for the size of this place. And uh, there's only two national parks. And it's, uh, what is it, Guadal- Guadalupe Mountain National Park and then Big Bend National Park. And both of those are way West Texas. So you're left with a huge land area that doesn't have national forests or parks. And so there's a lot of state parks. So since I've been in Texas, I've made an effort to like, okay, I mean, I'm here. I might as well see what Texas thinks Texas has to offer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since, the, you know, since the national level didn't think there was very much. And so I have seen... What you know, Texas maybe. thinks about itself, that can be a... Oh, and you that guys have a, a lot list. of state parks. Texas thinks a lot about itself. It, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Brazos Bend State Park was probably pretty quick to check off. Yeah, I did that right before I got here, and I didn't realize I didn't realize that south of Houston is essentially just a swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that coming in. Mm-hmm. And so to, you know, I was maybe like an hour and a half, two hours north of here. And I camped in like Sam Houston National Forest and all of a sudden I was like, man, it's like there's water beating up inside my tent. It is humid here. <laughs> and then I continued even further south and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this is this is damp. This is <laughs> like this Moist. stuff is this stuff is damp right here. And I, I went into Brazos uh, State Park. And first of all, I didn't know that there was alligators <laughs> in this area either. I don't I don't know how that just that was not part of my education of Dude, what's, I, I don't what's think, in South Texas. Yeah, Texas and alligators. I didn't think. I had I no thought, clue. Yeah, I thought Wild West, Texas. Everyone's got a gun and there's lots of dirt around. They're there's coyotes. Cowboys and, yeah. Well, that's that's all West Texas, right? Uh, but, man, like this uh, this area near the Gulf is not what I thought I was going to get myself into. And so just kind of, you know, rolling into that state park, I camped and it was like, 3 p.m. and I set up my tent purely to get inside of it so I could stay away from the amount of mosquitoes. <laughs> I, w- I was like, "Oh my god, I'm in a swamp. This is there's alligators. It's a swamp. It's like 88 degrees and 140 percent humidity." <laughs> that sounds about right, man. Yeah, 140. <laughs> I think that's about where it tops out. Sounds about right. You want to visit ha- every state? Excuse me, every national park. You said 62. 62, yeah. How many of them have you been to so far? It's either 43 or 44. This but is such a horrible question. Favorite one? Oh, God. Give me top three. Uh, Glacier National Park in, in Montana is off the charts. Uh, just these enormous mountains, and they're like, you know, there's a part of the, that's part of the Rocky Mountains. So there's glaciers. Really? Yeah, there's glaciers up on the top of some of these. Oh, it curves like at, Yeah, it curves like through into Alberta and BC, okay. that area. Did not know that. Um, but really beautiful. I mean, glaciers on the top of these mountains. Um, 
just really lush mountains, massive views. There's mountains in every direction and uh, all sorts of wildlife, you know, bighorn sheep and uh, stuff that's pretty cool. Uh, also, another one of the, the best roads in the United States, it's uh, going to the Sun Road. And it, it just like winds through the national park all the way up to the like the highest point in the park uh, where there's a visitor center. So pretty amazing. And then, you know, part of it is the, the bias of Hawaii, but um, the Volcano National Park, you know, until you've seen lava with your own eyes, you don't really know. Like that's one of the most primal <laughs> sort of feelings like you know it's like eating a barbecue rib like it's just <laughs> it's that's just caveman shit yeah man it's just like you you know you're you're watching the earth pour its blood out and uh pour its soul it's you know i've made s'mores on lava like you can you can get close to this stuff you know and uh so that national park is really special just because like you watch it flow into the ocean, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this this island is a little bigger now. Like it's it's hardening right on the edge of this cliff, and now the island is a little bigger." You know, it was like 2017, the island grew by 19 acres. Wow, it's been that long. From that from that uh, from, from uh, that, that was that was in 2018 when it w- really went crazy. Okay. And oddly enough, it happened that it started going crazy the day after I left. What were you doing in Hawaii, by the way? I've been wanting to ask that. Um, so I actually, I moved there. I almost dropped out of school to go live there. College, high school. High school. Oh, col- okay, high, high school. school. Um, because it just didn't, it didn't, like, sh- I was I was in Chicago. I hate cold weather. I like the outdoors. That's like, that's the opposite of Chicago. Right? So it just wasn't really for me. But I... Um, you know, over the over the course of time, I was like, well, there's only a couple of places really that I can live here in the United States if I want to be warm all the time because I hate cold uh, and I want to be by an ocean. And, and so I, I remember I was probably like 12 or 11 and I watched some sort of TV show and I was sitting with my parents and I remember watching and it was about Hawaii and I was like, oh, that's home. It just like. You know, if if you've ever had one of those sensations where you're like, oh, this is this is it, you know, like this is the thing for me. Whether it's what you want to do in in life for work or where you want to live or the person you want to spend your life with like that, that feeling of like this is this is the thing. I had that at like 12 years old, having never even been there. And so when I moved there, I didn't know anybody. I had never been there. I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have a house lined up. I literally, like, contacting all the rentals, the the housing rentals, none of them would rent to you if you weren't actually on an island because they have so many people who are like, okay, yeah, I'll be there August 1st. And then they don't show up because, you know, flights and, uh, you know, just, like, getting your things there, it's all so daunting. And so I sold everything I owned except for a motorcycle and shipped that to Hawaii, which is kind of how it all ties back into mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't own a car, so my dog rides a motorcycle. And you went straight to the Big Island? Yeah. Why the Big Island? A lot of people would go to Oahu. Uh, I'm not a city person. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the island of Hawaii is the size of the state of Connecticut, so it's pretty big. 
and um, and not as densely got, populated. Right, not as den- densely populated. It's got two mountains that are almost fourteen thousand feet tall, so you can ski and snowbo- snowboard several times a year. Um, I've never looked at real estate on the Big Island, but I gotta imagine it's more affordable than Maui, Kauai, or Oahu. Hey, man, with an active volcano, you can get some land for yeah. super <laughs> cheap. Oahu's just—I grew up. That's I went to high school in Oahu. So, oh, okay. Yeah, when you said Kailua Kona, I went to high school in Kailua. Yeah, in Kailua uh, on the east yeah. on the east side of uh, yeah. Oahu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The property value out there is just ridiculous. So uh, on Oahu. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still have friends in Hawaii just because growing up there, and a lot of them moved to the Big Island because it was affordable. I want to live in paradise, bro, but I couldn't afford it. And I was like, oh. Well. And that's yes. The secret on uh, Kailua Kona is really getting out. You know, now it's to a point where it's like if you if you want to get. A quarter acre in Kailua Kona, which is like the dry side tropical area of that island. Man, you are you're looking at like a half a million dollar range just for the property, and uh, it's it's going up big time. I'm I'm actually a little shocked it's that cheap, just because Hawaii. Is which island are we talking about? I'm lost. Uh, Hawaii, the Big Island. Okay, yeah. okay. At also, so that's Hawaii Island. Mm-hmm. It's that's the namesake of the island, but like by comparison, for people that don't know, it's you know for you to say, well, that's actually relatively cheap compared to what I thought it would be. If you go over onto the the Hilo side, the east side of the island, you've got areas where you can get three acres for like twenty five thousand dollars. Wow! Right, but there they on that island they categorize areas by the lava zones, so. If like if you're in an area that's more likely to not be there in the near future, it's gonna be way less expensive. For <laughs> I mean, you it's know. gonna you be there. You're just gonna own lava field instead. A smoldering hot deal, would you say? It's a it's a hot <laughs> deal. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, molten. Yeah, it's a lava joke. Got a problem? I love that not joke. Ah. Oh. <laughs> so Hawaii has driven you to to, to go travel all these parks. Uh, you gave me two of your top three. Volcano National Park, Glacier. Where would your third park be? I know Brazos was pretty high up on the list. That's a state <laughs> park, so it doesn't make the list. Um, it wouldn't make a list. You know, there's uh, there's so many parks that have just been incredible for their own reasons, and it's always difficult to try to narrow it down to like a specific, hey, this makes the list, because... You know, like even Big Bend in uh, in West Texas, that uh, it's the Chizos Mountains. Is that, I don't know is the that name. Right? Don't know the the mountain range that's in that national park. I remember I camped for like five days in the desert area, and then along the river, the the Rio Grande, and then I made my way up into um, into the actual like Chizos Mountains part of it, and you just climb and climb and climb, and all of a sudden you're in this like totally different environment really cool also i got hailed on for like four straight days up there not cool not cool but definitely something i want to go experience again um the park not the hail the the park okay yeah um but even uh like it's hard for me to say you know this park makes the list because there's also like i haven't been to alaska yet and that that's eight national parks and then there's still I left one for back home in Hawaii, uh, Haleakala on Maui. So I'd like to go, I'd like to actually finish all the national parks by finishing back where I started. 
everybody's heard of Haleakala, but you just don't realize it because that's one of the most popular, famous spots in Maui. And if you go yeah. to Maui, you were going to go visit. Uh, let's take Hawaii out of the equation for a second. Uh, best state, like if you right now, if you had to pick, pick a second place to live, I know Texas ranks pretty high. Bar none, <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> you know i can't hear anyone say delaware with, i'm coming back to movie quotes again without thinking about wayne's world you know you know the moment i'm talking about no they're in front of a green screen and they're talking about different states they're gonna go to and they're like Hi, we're in new york i've got a gun let's go to a broadway show and then they get to delaware and he's just like hi i'm, I'm in delaware yeah <laughs> you know I remember I, that yeah. oddly enough that was uh that was my other consideration for a halloween costume this year with with Wayne's socks, was, oh was my wayne and garth God, you know we should good. drain up as wayne and garth one year <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll have a costume contest with uh, michael and socks of who wore it better who was the better wayne and garth you're, you're michael no and socks chance. man yeah, they're i'm gonna voting win. for michael and socks <laughs> yeah. i'm voting for socks yeah. fuck michael well, you, just, you know no i go chance. all in with it so dude yes you do you do it well and i'm uh, i'm i'm cheap I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna like get a mask cut out of cardboard that I printed on my computer somewhere on your on your Chinese printer. It's from Hong printer. Kong, actually. Well, well. Hold on, who's who's <laughs> gonna? I feel like you'd have to be Wayne. That's like back to the square and rectangle. Yeah, conversation. I would go with that. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I go with that. I'll play the drums. Uh, um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I like to play. What state? Not Delaware. <laughs> Why can't it be Delaware? Yeah. Were you serious about <laughs> Delaware? No. Okay. <laughs> then not Delaware. Uh, <laughs> I think Arizona's a pretty amazing state. Why Arizona? I mean, it, well, one, it's got the Grand Canyon. That's like that's just a unbelievable thing on Earth. It's the biggest thing you will see in your life. Tyler, your sex state. No dick jokes. <laughs> That one's too easy, man. You can't take easy ones like that. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the Grand <laughs> Canyon's incredible, but Sedona. Like, yeah, Sedona, the all the Red Rocks, Flagstaff, where yep. you can go skiing. People don't realize like most of Central Arizona is forest. You know, my brother lives in an the area, river. Payson, that he's surrounded by three different mm-hmm. national forests, and so it's a fifteen-minute ride into any of these forests, and it's different types of landscapes. Um, so it's again, as somebody who's just all about being out in nature and kind of disconnecting from the world to me, that's a pretty awesome spot, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's always difficult for me cause I'm like, I want to see the ocean. I want mountains and I don't want that many people. And you don't some like Florida's like out. I don't, yeah, I don't like cold. Florida's out. California, like to get ocean, okay, that's a, that's a big part of California. To not be cold, that's a smaller part of California. To have mountains, it's like okay, San Diego. But now I have a lot of people, so it's it's very like, well, what else is in the world besides America? Now at this point, I'm like, there's got to be some amazing spots out there in the world that like not that many people know about. One of your goals is the bucket list for two. Right. I really hate this next conversation because I, I think about it with my dogs regularly, but one day socks isn't going to be around. Are you interested in traveling other countries and seeing other spots and considering places beyond uh, Hawaii to settle into? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, prior, really, like the goal was once I finish doing all of these states and parks and everything, if I don't see anything that's like 
you know, calls to me like the Big Island did, then it would be, hey, let's go see International. And unfortunately, with coronavirus, now I'm nearing the end of seeing everything in this country that I wanted to see. And we're at a point with, where it's like, but you can't leave. Hmm. <laughs> like, you know. Hopefully like, by the end of next summer, you'll be able to do stuff. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I'd, I'd like to, uh, like, New Zealand is way up on my list. There's New Zealand and Hawaii have more similarities than almost any other place in the world. Nick uh, is sick of hearing this, but if my wife wouldn't disagree, I would. we'd live in New Zealand right I'm now. I'm not sick of it. You're not. No, I, th- I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't have a, a desire to travel to many places, mm-hmm. but uh, New Zealand would definitely be on the list. We did our honeymoon there, and I have always wanted to visit everything about New Zealand attracts me. We spent two and a half weeks there, and I would live, I, I will deal with the cold to live on the South Island. I absolutely can deal with it. And one of the most interesting things I heard in New Zealand is if you like New Zealand, the culture, the people, the community, the mountains, the nature, um, and you can't leave America, the Pacific Northwest is the next closest thing. And Oregon, we talked together about Oregon. I know you were fishing for good things about Oregon. Oh, dude. Uh, Not really. (laughs) When when you were like, what's the most beautiful? It all goes back to Oregon. I don't think so because <laughs> I've talked to him about Oregon. I didn't think it would be on his list. Okay. Um, that So that's where I we might I do like say. that place a lot, yeah. though. It's beautiful. I was actually hoping to hear about uh, Glacier National Park. Uh, but Oregon, uh, New Zealand, man, highly recommend it. It's, dude, I absolutely love the place. Yeah, so the biggest uh, the biggest factor keeping us from there right now is coronavirus. But then the, the next one is the financial aspect of moving there is pretty daunting. With a dog. Um yeah, it's it's almost five thousand dollars to bring a dog to that to that country. I wonder, and that's you know, like Hawaii doesn't have rabies, and New Zealand doesn't have rabies, and so they have a lot of similar regulations as far as bringing a dog in. And socks, as a dog that is registered in Hawaii and has every single blood test and vaccination in order to go to those places. His process of moving to New Zealand is actually expedited, and it's still five thousand and ten days of quarantine. What? Wow. What about Whoa. I? I. Oh, that's a cra- five thousand. Ridiculous. You just said five thousand. Five thousand dollars, and that's to not to dog. move there. That's just to take your dog there. So if you were to travel there for three weeks, he'd be quarantined for ten days and five. Ten grand. days. Yeah. Man. Wow. I have this grand scheme in the back of my brain about how to get your dog on every continent, but we'll talk about that off the air. Um, <laughs> ask me about that one later. I was just looking into, there's a marathon that gets ran in Antarctica, and I was like, oh, that'd be a sick thing to do with my dog, because if there's any marathon that my dog would be down to run, it's it's going to be that one, because he's just like, fuck it, oh, let's yeah. go. Because he's a husky. Yeah, let's, let's like, do this it. This is my it's jam. Like, you, you kept me in Hawaii my whole damn life. What's wrong with you? <laughs> But uh, I was just looking at that, and it, now they're not—they're not bringing anybody there till like 2022, because it's—it's just like the most pristine environment, and they just want to make sure they don't bring in any contaminants. Yeah. So, who knows? If, if socks can be 13 years old and running marathons, then maybe Antarctica. Maybe Glacier National Park. You did it during the summer. I did. Yeah. Northern Lights, Aurora Borealis. Didn't see it. Man, have you you've never have you ever? I've never seen it. I, you know, I, I know I'll see it when I'm up in Alaska. So that's really, that'll be special. 
my uh oh my god i'm gonna so screw this my my dad never listened to the show till recently dad if you're listening to the show turn it off he doesn't stop listening no he <laughs> I, i'm vulgar and my dad listen please please dad turn it off turn it off turn it off please just turn it off my sister will kill me uh for their 50th wedding anniversary my sister and i are taking him on alaskan cruise and so i i hope that that is one of my absolutely huge bucket list items is to see the aurora borealis um i want to skydive and see the aurora borealis that is do you think you can actually see it when you're skydiving? I want to find out. I would think <laughs> like you could. They take pictures from airplanes. I mean, you take the window and the seat away, and you're good to go. Yeah, have you seen like the <laughs> Aurora Borealis as they see it from the space station? Have you seen that footage? Yes. Insane, man. That's oh, badass. Yes. Sure, surely you've got to see that from the sky. Yeah, man. Dude, space travel. Are we going to be in space at a commercial level, affordable to a... A middle income, a middle wage family. What, what is that called? Uh, middle class family. <laughs> Jesus, gravity. Middle, middle class wage. family in, in, in our lifetime. A dink. A du- dink. Dual income. That's us. <laughs> no children. Yeah. <laughs> that is Valentine Dinks. Did we just recently have dink sink conversations on the show? Um, I gosh, I know that I've heard these words. Dink. Uh, what's the dink I, and sink? Single, I think dual so. income, no Single children. Single income, no children. Uh, is either man anyways. could have been a Rogan podcast that we both heard. No, I've had the conversation recently, and I think that was uh, Jimmy Skates. Yeah. Episode. Oh, yeah. That's. I think you're right. Yep. Thank you. I was like, man, I swear it was either that or while I was playing video games with some friends. So, so can a couple of dinks go to space before they die? Yeah. Before we <laughs> like, do you think commercial space travel will be reasonably available? No. In our lifetime. No. No. Reasonable. A thousand dollars. Not a chance. Two thousand, ten thousand dollars. I don't think it'll be under a hundred thousand in our lifetime. In our lifetime, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I I really really want to disagree with you, but I just cannot even fathom the thought of it. Like I was like, I want the the idea to see the roar burials from space. The idea to see like any true curvature from the Earth besides from a GoPro would be so Mm -hmm. awesome. Although you know, just the other day, I want to say it was yesterday or the day before. Uh, we just offloaded the first, uh, it was shipped by barge from SpaceX, the first commercially funded uh, module for the ISS. That's pretty fucking badass. Yeah. And we offloaded it like four miles from my house uh, off a of clear lake just south of NASA. The first commercially funded airlock for the International Space Station. Uh, Elon Musk, I'm sure you've seen uh, eight, eight years to Mars for his mission to Mars is already behind schedule. He recently said, recently in like the last week, uh, six years is when we hope to get people to Mars. We're sending an unmanned aircraft to Mars or spacecraft to Mars in two years. How soon will we see people on Mars? Man, I think that's a lot harder. I mean, I, I just want to see people back on the moon. <clears throat> I just want someone to go up there and be like, yep, yeah, we found the flag. We found uh, we found the footprints. <laughs> it's all good. I, I want to see people, even just people orbiting the moon, having people that far out in space. That's that's what I'm really excited for. But I, th- I, I think Mars like bef- is going to be further off. Like before COVID and the stock market happened, I would have said within five years. But now it's kind of like in the air with the way the market's going. What do you think? How soon before man's on Mars? Are, are we basing this off of you thinking that we've actually been to the moon? <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy you that you brought that up because, dude, the, the moment th- that the moment that we started going there, I was like, "Oh shit, we're gonna get moon conspiracy." I know it. Have we yes. been on the moon? 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You such a cocktail. Man, the earth DJ, is flat. do you think we've been to the moon? Yes. Uh, yeah. I absolutely believe we oh, have. Oh, he just wanted to fight. <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't want to fight. I just want to see where you're at. Has your octopus stepmom been to the moon? <laughs> no, because the moon is not real. <laughs> no, we blew that up with a new pen. I thought it was, I a, thought it was my stepsister. <laughs> I thought it was your teacher. Stepmom step sounded a lot less sexy. They're all the same thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, do you, 10 Tw- years? 20, 2030s. Yeah, yeah 2030s. That's think, where I'm at. I'm I in mean, like Mars. 10, 15 years is where I, Elon Musk, I love him. He's visionary. Everything he's trying to do to become a Brazilian, Brazilianaire. Is that what they're called? Brazilianaires? <laughs> um, <laughs> how, how long till we step back on the moon? Is uh, that people with a lot of money with no hair on their groin? What year is it? 2020? <laughs> uh, 2026. No, you say we. You, you mean Americans or humans? I just mean humans. I don't care who goes. I want anyone to go. 2026. I recently read an article. I, I can't remember if it was China or China Russia, sent a rover real but, recently. But no, uh, looking to do a manned mission. And it's it's a more expedited process than I think any American current mission. God, I hope it's Russia. So where we're really effed, I say we're really effed the show, is uh, we have a good friend named uh, Randy Morgan, the one you always ask the name mm-hmm. about. Uh, Randy, you've not get to meet yet. He's a uh, jumper out of yeah, space. Yeah, I always remember that uh, that Rich Delgado works there, and I can never remember yeah. who, who the other person is. Yeah, and dude, Rich, <laughs> that's the hell of a tour waiting, dude. It is uh, Randy because of restrictions of COVID. There, I don't know what they're doing with the tours and whatnot. But Randy works. He used to work as a top, no, a trajectory officer for the International Space Station. Dude, what a title! Good lord. He he legit sits in mission control and tells the uh, command whoever hey yeah we're on track to hit this we need to change direction why the, would you change direction if you're on track we're on track to hit this thing oh <laughs> yeah, yeah oh i thought you were talking about the sexy lady again <laughs> um, we are on track to hit this <laughs> hit this. don't go anywhere <laughs> do you talk about alien octopus <laughs> the coolest backdoor she brought her stepsister <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hate you stuff, bro. Uh, sorry, I don't even know what you guys are talking about anymore. I feel like Justin and I just went off into our own world. You're better than your dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's not good at very much anymore. Um, dude, if you get a chance to get any of the backdoor tours from some of our, our friends who jump, it is the oh, best yeah. tours. He transitioned with backdoor to tours. <laughs> to NASA, dude. I'm sorry. I've, I've sat in the mission Somebody wants commander. to give you the private backdoor exclusive. <laughs> also Take found on Pornhub. module. <laughs> All right. So you what, know, about, I really what about wonder, your friends with the backdoor exclusive? No, but- <laughs> I wonder, like, pe- people who are just listening to the show, like, when you laugh that way so much that all of the sound from your body disappears, like, I wonder if what they think is it happening. It sounds like, like awkward silence. Yeah, like this. Here, yeah. Stop. <laughs> oh, you can hear it when everything's quiet. You can hear it. But I, I do wonder when it's so, so faint what people are thinking we're doing in here. <laughs> It's uh, we've killed DJ, killing DJ, yeah, yeah. some backdoor uh, tours. So Randy no longer works as a trajectory officer. He works in space exploration, and they're talking specifically about mission to Moon and mission to Mars. Uh, Randy is supposed to give us this tour of the exploration side of NASA before he comes on the show. So I am really looking forward to us getting that uh, uh that tour done. Uh, I've not forgotten about it uh, amongst the twenty other thousand things you and I are trying to do together. I'm going to bring up another documentary. What's that? Uh, are you? F- do you know the movie The Right Stuff? 
It's a story. It's uh, a Backstreet Boys. No, no, no. Insane. No. no. God, New Kids on the Block. Oh, Not God. the song. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Dun, dun, hey, brush your shoulder out. <laughs> well, there was a really film. really wish I could play audio right now. In the 80s. No, we just know. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> Copyright and I believe a, a film made in the 80s and I believe a book called The Right Stuff about the story of them finding the first astronauts and them coming from fighter pilots. And yeah, I remember that one. They, I, I believe they've just recently remade The Right Stuff into like a Netflix type of mm-hmm. series. But there's a documentary called The Real Right Stuff, which is a documentary about the actual astronauts. It's really cool. It shows a lot of the 1983. I've got that's the right stuff. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. year. But uh, the real right stuff is this documentary that's just come out. I've got to check it out, man. Um, yeah, I, I really like to think. First of all, we'll talk to Randy hopefully sooner than later. I really want to get that conversation. And he will come show. clean to us that we've never even left Earth at all and that the space station <laughs> is fake. And there's nine alien species. <laughs> Man. Uh, <laughs> Living on Earth oh at my this God. moment. If he showed me pictures of aliens, dude, I wouldn't sleep for a month, I bet. This He's guy sounds it. like a way better guest than me. Dude, I would probably <laughs> never sleep, man. It's crazy. They took us on one tour, and apparently there's there's astronauts or scientists or whoever they are living in little small space modules in Johnson Space Center, probably right now, and there's cameras watching them, and they're living as if they're in space, except for there is gravity, and they're not allowed to leave the space that is much smaller than this room, and there's three of them. And they're being observed 24-7 like voyeurs. It is some of the weirdest science experiments because we are in space. Mm -hmm. Um, It'd be really interesting to hear Randy's take on all these space questions and and have we been on the moon and when are we going to be on the moon and Mars? uh, Him and Rich both are uh, NASA employees, but they also uh, strongly follow other agencies, like they both really are big SpaceX fans. They will talk about other countries just because they work for the U.S. body doesn't mean they support only us. Space. But how fucking cool is it that SpaceX and, SpaceX and NASA did a mission together? That is, like That's pretty awesome. That is fucking awesome. I had goosebumps watching that shit live. It's one of my favorite things about space nerds. It's look at the Russian cosmonauts and the U.S. astronauts, even in the Cold War how friendly mm-hmm. and how great they were. It's it's everybody who's We got in over this. all the bullshit, all the politics, whatever. We're, we're going for a greater good. Because there's some fart cloud floating around right now that's an alien that we can't even see because it's not carbon-based, <laughs> right? Boom. Dude, for real, what if a fart cloud just went by us and it's an alien? It just and passed it's got eight wall. tentacles that's in your DJ's orifices. New I'll show scientific you a fart cloud. <laughs> new scientific <laughs> hypothesis. Fart cloud aliens <laughs> surround us invisibly to attack Earth. Every load at six grand. <laughs> oh God, I've smelled that alien. Oh. <laughs> That's closer to twelve, right? So right before not. the door opens. Oh, yeah. no, DJ's not on the plane very much anymore. I know when oh, his timing man. is. Man, I uh, <laughs> I am so much better than I used to be as well. I'm, I'm sure in the last few years you don't. Re- your first few years here were much more brutal than the last few. That's, whew, dude, I have had some of the yeah. Not not pleasant days. So uh, okay, so to pull it back to um, this voyeur, uh, you know, this little yeah, like, yeah. capsule, the kinky watch, stuff. yeah, watching everybody uh, <laughs> for the, for this like s- simulated trip to to space. Uh, there's actually a a study that just finished up not too long ago out on the Big Island, where they created a dome on on uh, Mauna Loa, one of the one of the it's actually the the most massive volcano in the world. A biodome? 
Yes, a biodome. <laughs> uh, only because they were they were alive inside of it. So it was it was those guys that were in there. But it was uh, you know astronauts simulated inside this dome, and they got to do spacewalks and stuff. But they actually chose the Big Island on Mauna Loa on these super remote stretches of land out there because they were like, man, this is this right here is just straight out of Mars. Like it's it's so surreal that landscape that this is going to test their true ability and we'll be able to see like the psychological effect of being so isolated. Kind of neat. It's crazy what they've done, what, what they scientists are doing in the name of science, the MBL neutral buoyancy lab here in Houston. You've probably seen videos of it at some point on the interwebs. It is the biggest pool, I believe, uh, or at least one of the biggest pools in the world. And it's just super huge all to simulate gravity or, or, or the lack of gravity. Zero gravity. That's the words, man. Zero gravity. My f- <laughs> One of my favorite answers when I take up a tandem is like, what was your favorite part? And they're like, the zero gravity. I'm like, no, no, you just experienced gravity. <laughs> you experienced- gravity didn't quit. Yeah, it you was experienced the, the opposite of this. Is, you've had a student say <laughs> zero funny. gravity? A lot. A wow. lot. Yeah. Man, we we always run into the inevitable time that we turn into pumpkins. It always goes a little bit quicker than we want it to go. Uh, but man, Socks is absolutely an amazing dog. Batman. Uh, Batman. Batman is an amazing <laughs> dog. Uh, how can people learn more about Socks? Where can people follow Socks? How can people meet Socks? Man, you're just excluding me completely. 100%. It's <laughs> 100%. If they're going to meet socks, they're going to meet you. He can't, you can't drive that fucking was. motorcycle by himself, DJ. Just the chauffeur to an amazing dog. <laughs> uh, amen. Come on, Alfred. Speak. 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 So you can check it out on uh, The Bike Dog on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok, Facebook, really any social media. You could just Google Socks and Michael at this point and come across our story. There's tons of videos and stuff out there and reach out. I do read every single message. Man, I I, I met you the first day actually helping you with some rating stuff and you seem yep. like a really nice guy. Uh, don't trust first impressions, people. He is absolutely a jerk, but his dog socks is well <laughs> worth it, man. <laughs> no, Michael, you've been so much fun to talk to. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Uh, absolutely unassuming, the opposite of entitled. You're somebody who is out there ready to hustle, ready to work for it all, and and, uh, doesn't expect anything from anybody, man. And I really appreciate it. Guys and gals, make it out to the drop zone. Meet Socks. Meet Michael. Uh, There might be a lot cooler adventures of Socks coming in the future, and and I'm positive there will be. They're traveling the country to do this. Watch the bike dog, hashtag the bike dog, on social media, and you will see whatever cool things are up to. Anything you want to share with the general public? No, man. I'm, I'm just happy that uh, you guys asked me on instead of my dog. Uh, we were <laughs> going to ask the dog, but one of my dogs is pretty aggressive to other dogs, so we just couldn't do it. He's a dick, man. So, uh, Mr. P, what you got? That's it, man. Thank you for being here. It's been a great conversation. I uh, love the podcast episodes where we don't even have time to talk about skydiving. So thank you. Oh, man. Perfect. Have we been talking about skydiving this whole time? I don't think so. No. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Michael Fiala, uh, The Bike Dog. Check him out on Instagram. Check him out on Facebook, social media, anything else out there. Till then, Gravity Lab Radio, Blue Skies. We are the fuck out of here next week. Uh, Christy West doesn't know. I'm asking her to be on the show. See you then. Oh. Will she be on? Uh, If the team's not training, she probably will. So... See ya. Aliens are real. We never went to the moon.
Who killed JFK? Lies. All lies. Teleporters are real. Four or five people killed JFK. Somebody told me <laughs> teleporters will never be a real Simultaneously? thing. Simultaneously? Have you seen Umbrella Academy? That's phenomenal. Oh, that's the real story behind JFK. Is this a documentary? Yes, it is. I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm going to watch it's it. It's a documentary. All right. Podcast <laughs> episode two. Let's go.